The MX Vice Show. Welcome to episode 74 of the MXY show, uh, coming in hot after the MXGP of Great Britain. Our first race of the year, and in many ways, the first real GP of the year. We finally had the stacked field that we've been talking about for months. Uh, a lot happened. MX2 became unboring, which is a lifesaver for this podcast because we were reaching after round one. And just generally, there's a lot to talk about. So this podcast will be uh, pretty stacked, but we'll get through it as quickly and efficiently as we can. No fun, as uh, James likes to say. The MXY Show is brought to you by Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Moto Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, KYB, Even Strokes, MXGP TV, Backyard Design UK, Asterix Knee Braces, Armour, and Blenzel Oils. Obviously, we will have uh, the Blenzel Performance of the Week predicted. Uh, coming up, Liat, Ask Vice Anything, Planet Moto Bombshell of the Week, Armour, You Smart Oven of Birth, The Social Media Fail of the Week, and even strokes fantasy talk because now we have too many segments and not enough time. Part one of the MX5 show, as always, is presented by Fly Racing. Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rion technology, Conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's advanced impact system Introduce a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1290 grams, we believe the formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the formula helmet has changed the game. And here to ruin the game this week is co-host number one. It's James Burfield. How are you doing, James? Uh, I like that. That's probably the best intro I've ever had. Uh, yes, I'm here to fuck shit up. Okay, well, I am more meant just by being average and mediocre, but that's fine. You, oh, you, interpret, and you interpret it however yeah. you feel. And, and, and you speak however you want to speak. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, thank you for that. And uh, for the second week in succession, we have two co-hosts. Uh, a lot of positive feedback last week. Some negative, but that was mainly, <laughs> that was mainly directed at James. <laughs> That's what uh, I'm we've, also, we've also got uh, Tom Neal here again. How's it going, Tom? Hello. Yeah, we're back again. Back as a trio. So two weeks in a row. I think we uh, must, yeah. be do- must have done something right. Um, and definitely for the only time ever, well, until the British GP next year, I guess, uh, all three of us were at the British GP. So James, did you enjoy yourself? Uh, yes, it was good. And also, Tom, I like the idea of a trio, but some people would call us a threesome. <laughs> well, I didn't want to go there. Can do if you want. <laughs> oh yeah, Lewis would love that. Can you imagine us two say, strapping people? You say you enjoyed yourself, James. But on um, also you just called yourself strapping. That's a bit weird. You say you say you enjoyed yourself, but at the end of Sunday, I said to you, "Did you have fun?" And you said, "I wouldn't say fun." Uh, which made well, me sad. Oh, sorry. Well, I got to be honest. Racing was phenomenal. I really enjoyed the racing. I know that 
uh, it was kind of a bit, not too many lines and stuff like that. However, I found the racing was, uh, was really, really good. Um, I had an enjoyable day, Lewis. It was just a uh, bit of an emotional roller coaster week for me, uh, which, uh, you know, put a down spiral on things for me. But uh, the day in itself w- was good. Thank that's, you for asking. Good. Right. Uh, nice straight into care. it. Straight into Well, I just, I was driving home and I was like, well, he said he didn't have fun. And I was like, well, then it's just a bit of a lost cause. But anyway, this is, I thought about this on Sunday. I knew this was exactly where we were going to go at the start of this podcast. Last week, I asked a question whether it was a yes or no question whether Antonio Crowley had a shot at the title. James, you said no. Tom, you said no. I said yes, but 10%. I'm up in my 10% to 20% now. Tom, are you changing your no to a yes? And what percentage would you put on the yes if you are changing it? Uh, I don't think I'm changing, but I would like to apologize for ever doubting Tony Cairoli. You'd like yeah. to apologise for ever doubting him, but you'd yeah. like to continue to doubt him. <laughs> no, I just, I just don't. <laughs> there is that, but no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think the title comes down to Tim and Jeffrey still. Oh, but you get ten five percent. Yeah, well, yeah, okay, yeah. We'll, we'll, I'll give him. I'll give him five percent. We'll take. We'll take five percent off Prado after the after the performance. Mm. Yeah, that, you, well, I um. Yeah, I say I'm up in Crowley to 20%. I'm taking some off of Prado as well. Uh, James, you said no. Changing? Oh, yeah. Just just from what I've seen the weekend, just not just his riding, body language, everything was just like, holy shit. Like, this is the real deal. And then, uh, thank you to a, a colleague in the media room, Resta. Me? He, oh. Not you. Not you. Not you. He actually enlightened us with a few things which Tony's been changing or changes he's made, which actually seem to have, have basically revitalized his whole approach. Well, you know what, James? You were the only... I was, I was away from this conversation, so I overheard bits and I couldn't hear all of it. We're 74 episodes in, and for the first time, you have real insight. You bring it to us. You t- the floor is yours. You enjoy wow. yourself. You enjoy yourself. Wow. This you is take, a lot of pressure. <laughs> you take as long. You take as long as you need because this, this, I know this is a big moment for you. Hey, first things first. Give credit where credit's due. This has come from Rasta, who's um, you were basically right place, right time. <laughs> yeah, right place, right time. You were also the only person in the media room who wasn't too busy to have a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just sat there with no laptop doing fuck all. And uh, I like Rasta. Rasta, I, I really enjoy talking with Rasta, and, and he's a really good guy. Been there, seen it, done it. Former Honda uh, team manager, I think, wasn't he, Lewis? And a chef. Yeah, yeah, for many years. He went from yeah. chef to team manager. But anyway, he's, um, Tony's kind of, uh, I think he helped Tony with the autobiography. He's very, very close he's, to Tony. He's Caroli's press officer, officially. Yeah. Okay, but just an all-round bloody nice guy. So chatting to Resta, and he said that, that Tony's just literally changed everything up. So he's even sort of gone to the point where he's actually training on his own. Just him. The mechanic, he's changed his kind of like everything from eating, the whole like training regime, he's training different. Everything that he's done previously, he's literally just ripped up and, and kind of started again. He spends some time with Lupino, like riding together, but not much. Uh, he spends a lot of time just trying to find the roughest tracks around and just going riding. Literally just him, the mechanic, and just riding the roughest 
even a track to the point where the tracks that he hates and he he would literally previous years he would just skip those tracks and just do what he liked to do he's now forcing himself to do the tracks which he he just absolutely hates and just get in there and spend an all day just him and the mechanic and riding just to expand on what you said there because i did hear that bit of conversation you say the tracks he hates the tracks he hates being the old school rocky french slick hard packed tracks it seems that is where he is um, now actually forcing himself to go. And that's interesting because a few riders said to me that Matterley was basically a French track with how hard back and slick it was compared to previous years. But anyway, sorry, James, continue. Got any more insight? No, that's pretty much about it. Just literally everything that he's, the, the approach to previous years of when he's been world champion or, or, or he hasn't, he's literally not, he's not doing anything. He's just doing stuff which makes... He's trying to get the best out of him. He's feeling the best. He's, he's literally just really willing to, to push the envelope on this. So I think that, at 35 years old, tells you something about Caroli and the mindset he's got into this year. So the way that he's riding doesn't surprise me when at 35 years old, I'm 45, I know how that feels. At 35, I can remember the how that feels. To, to be able to do that and do it, it to that, literally to that level, you know, wow. I, and, and that is why I'm, I'm changing my whole, my whole perception of him. After learning what he's done in the, in the off-season and his approach to this year, you know, fair play to the guy. I mean, to have that appetite, that's, that's a winning appetite. Just a side note, because it may be relevant to the podcast. Uh, I'm upstairs in my house and I can smell smoke and there is a massive cloud of smoke outside the window. So either the neighbor is having a bonfire or my house is burning down. So that may impact my insight moving forward on this podcast. So okay. if I go quiet, it's because I've burnt to death. Just FYI. Tom, obviously Russia was good for Caroli. He was the second fastest rider, I'd say. Maybe third behind Fevre, but he was definitely top three. Faster than Hurlins, faster, faster than Prado, faster than Sewer, all of that. Um, and he would have been second overall, I think, had he not crashed out. So did that take away some of the surprise element from how well he rode at Matley for you? Because you kind of... It was it, like, okay, he wasn't going to win in Russia, but it kind of confirmed that he's close to this level, I guess. Yeah, he showed, he showed the speed, didn't he? And then it never really come together. But um, this weekend was just such a shock, to be honest. And like to change, for James saying that he changed a lot up of his training and everything like that, like that's a big risk when you're this far on in your career to then go out and completely try something new. It's like, obviously he's looking for the next, that little edge that he doesn't feel that he has when it's strange when he's done so many years and being so successful that he's still looking so it just shows that he's not leaving anything like he's not leaving anything untouched sort of thing and it he was as fresh as ever on the weekend it looked like you'd if with his helmet on you'd have never known he was 35 or whatever he is and it's he, he just looked like he was ready to fight and yeah it was it was it just looked like a completely different rider. Crowley's had a lot of success at Matterley. He's done a lot there, um, especially from 2011 to 2015. He was basically unstoppable there, apart from DeSalle stepping in a few times. So, but despite that, in the current age, I wouldn't say that Matterley is necessarily best, the best track for him because I'd say it's a better track for Feverus, a better track for Geyser, it's a better track for Hurlins even, just because of the jumps and the fast, how fast it is and all of that stuff. So the thing that excites me now is considering that, I, Majora, 
I'd put in the same category. Like, that's not really a Tony track. But Oss, Lommel, uh, Latvia, technically, his best tracks are still to come. Which, so like, James, you can take this as soon as you talk about tracks. So, I don't know where this is going. Like, if right now, okay, I'll say this, and you can both chime in on this. James, you go first. Uh, Tony wins more GPs. This isn't it. Like, he wins more after this round. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, that whole thing which we, we talked about at the start of the year uh, with Hurlin's X amount of percent, X amount of percent, and, and so on. Caroli's just turned this whole thing on its head. It, I, I can see him going on if he stays healthy, and if I can, I can see him going on and being a real threat to both Tim and Jeffrey. And I think, I think now it's, it was interesting the weekend. Obviously, Tim, Tim rode really well. Uh, wasn't quite like the, the, you know, what we've seen previously. Jeffrey seems to be doing what Jeffrey's plan is, what he's intending to do uh, this year. I, I can't see too many people um, being more consistent than Caroli this year. And I think if he's picking up more GP wins and he's staying around that top four and podium each week, he's definitely now looking like the favorite. Before, before you jump in, Tom, yeah, you could take this, but I was listening back to last week's podcast because in my continued search for excellence, I now listen to my own podcast, which is hard, it's hard for me, but I've pushed through. Last week, I didn't, I didn't remember this until I listened to it, but last week, Tom, you said you don't think he's got the raw speed to like win to, or go on and get the title. And I said, I don't think he needs it. And I kind of would double down on that now because... Okay, some days he's going to have the raw speed to win. But on the days where he doesn't, if he just rides around in fourth and fifth, that could be enough to put him in this title fight. Uh, agree? Yeah, I do, yeah. And uh, I think a lot of it is, you know, like with the guys, when they get towards the back end of their career, they still have the same sort of magic every now and again, but it's harder to hold it together throughout a season. And uh, with Cairoli, like, he showed on the weekend that that was just, like where did that speed come from? There was like a couple of laps, and it was just like bursts of it, and all of a sudden it'd be passing guys, and then it it it'd sort of wear off again, and then it'd come back again, and it and I think that is almost like it like it's not like he's an old guy anymore. It's just I don't know. It was very confusing to watch for me. Obviously, like I didn't think he'd he'd win a race, and he proved me wrong. And uh, yeah, I think he's going to continue to do that throughout the season. I think that's enough on uh, Crowley. Lewis, what's your thoughts? I think I gave him, didn't I? Or not? I don't think you did. I, do, I just think... What about percentage-wise? Is, is it changed since last week? Yeah, I said, I said I've gone from 10 to 20. <laughs> Thanks for coming out. <laughs> not just Crowley, but for oh. everyone else. Well, I can't really remember what I even said. I think I gave, I think because I did something ridiculous. I think I gave Herlins and Geyser twenty seven point five percent each. <laughs> yeah, you were very, very <laughs> even across. The um, no, it, okay, off the top of my head, right now, I'd go Caroli twenty, Prado. I'd go Caroli twenty, Geyser forty, Herlins forty. Uh, what's that? That's a hundred. That's hundred. That. <laughs> okay, I'd give, I'd give Caroli. I'd give Caroli. 15, Herlin's 35, Geyser 35, which takes me to 85. I'd give Prado 10 and Sewer 5. Yeah. If you can follow that. I'm about at that, yeah. Do you, know, do you know what that is like? 
like if you went to Vegas, you'd, you'd you're the sort of person who would take two hundred pounds into a casino and come out with two hundred pounds after placing all your safe bets. That's all you can hope for. <laughs> um, but no, moving on to Geyser, obviously second overall in the day, and that second moto was something quite special. But uh, Tom, you can go first. How do you like rate that second moto? Because a lot of people are raving about it and saying that it was incredible, and it was incredible racing. But for Tim specifically. I think I don't think it was anything out of the norm. It was Tim battling with Fevre, a rider who he's beat many, many times. And okay, back, he passed him on the last lap. That's like that's impressive. I didn't think it was like this out of nowhere incredible ride. I just thought it was like a good Tim Geyser ride. But maybe I'm shitting on him. No, I think it, I think you're somewhat you're somewhat near. Yeah, he, um, it wasn't like the the mad rides that we've seen where he'd have like a massive lead or anything like that. It was just steady, just wearing. He just wore him down, didn't he? Caught him little by little. And he had that line around the top, around the outside. And I feel like he knew that if he could get somewhere near uh, with a, well, he tried it the lap before and I think Fever got him back, didn't he? And then uh, he just knew if he could get to that spot again, then it was going to happen. And yeah, he just sort of sit, had that up his sleeve and it wasn't an overly spectacular ride. It was a very, really good move. And he was very like, strong throughout so I think he just yeah he just wore him down and it was like quite a steady consistent ride for Tim there was no real mad flashes other than that last lap James obviously after Russia everyone was raving about Tim because it was the best ride of his career I even spoke to the Honda people and I said that was the best he's ever ridden in his career and they were like yep no doubt and also they backed me up because I you know last year when I was raving about because do you remember everyone had a go at me because after going into 2020, I said that I didn't really like Tim's chances for the title if everyone stayed healthy, if he rode like he did in 2019. Then I changed my predictions because I was like, 2020 Tim is 30 seconds further up the track than 2019 Tim. The Honda people agreed with me. So just putting that out there so you can all shut up. But James, after Russia, everyone was obviously raving about Tim, best ride of his career, blah, blah, blah. Did Matterley take a bit of the shine off in the way that you're like, oh, okay, he is just, he's, he's at the top of the class, but he's at the top of the class with the others. Like, he's not necessarily that level above all of the time. Yeah, I think we're going to see that throughout. Like, as much as I'm getting excited about uh, Tony Caroli, and we got very excited about, and I got very, very excited about um, Tim in Russia, I think there's going to be individual performances like this throughout the year, from Prado, from Hurlins, from Tim, from, from Tony. And I even still think that we're going to see Coldenhoff, Seaworth, and Jonas have their day as well. So I think throughout the year, there's going to be different tracks which are going to suit different people. And we're going to see how great they are on those tracks, which on their day, they, these riders are showing that they are, uh, you know, are able to take that next step above. For me, that... That second race from Tim uh, just showed you how confident he is in himself and the bike because the race in between him and Feverin and how he was able to, to pull back you know, that gap and chase him down. And you, I was just watching him come down through, like over the finish jump, uh, the way that, they were, that he was scrubbing. But not only that, but literally the way he was tucking into the tight corner, coming around pit lane. And in there, in, in the speed that he was going and the confidence that he had in that bike that the front wasn't going to wash out or, you know, he was able to get 
absolutely everything out of that bike. And I think what's working with Tim at the moment, in my eyes, is that he's got so much confidence in that bike in the team. You, you really went on there. I kind of lost my track. Actually, no, what I was going to say, <laughs> what I was going to say is I wrote this for Adam Wheeler's On Track Off Road magazine last night, which should be out by the time everyone's listening to this. If you want to go and get some more Lewis, <laughs> if you want more Lewis in your life. Why not? Jesus Christ. <laughs> There's not enough of you out there already. Someone, two people said to me on Friday at Matley, they went, fuck me, you are everywhere. <laughs> I was like, yeah. well. <laughs> You're like COVID. <laughs> <laughs> There's no vaccine against me though. No, I wrote this for Adam Wheeler's on track off road uh, last night. No one's performing as expected right now. Geyser's better than expected. Crowley's better than expected. Hurlings is a tick off. Fevra's burst of speed weren't expected. And I think that continues at Majora this weekend because similar track, like that's going to be a Tim track. Uh, I can't see Hurlings really wanting to push it around there. I think Fevra will be quite handy around there. Like, you know, it's going to, I think that continues. Then we have a weekend off and we go into the sand. And I think that is almost like a reset for a lot of guys. And that is where, that is almost like a secondary round one in my eyes. Like that's where the status quo could get turned on its head again. Uh, agree, Tom? Yeah, I do. I think, I think Jeffrey feels like that as well. After, after listening to the post-race podcast and things like that, he, uh, he even made mention of it that he, he, well, he pointed out the fact that some of his tracks were coming and he specifically named them the sand tracks of us and everything like that. So I think that could be a, you know, like he's slow, not a slow start, but just sort of warming up, getting ready for like a big, big charge when it comes to them tracks to try and do the damage that he needs to to get back in it sort of thing. Speaking of the post-race podcast, James, did you listen to them? Uh, none of them, Lewis. Oh, You'd be pleased to know. Well, why break the habit of a lifetime? Uh, Tom, you obviously listened to them. Which, which yeah. rider did you like the most on there? Uh, I thought Jeffries was quite good, to be fair. Um, other than that, Ben's was good. Um, it's just, they're just, they just mentioned stuff that, yeah. Really, really important. Uh, during the Ben podcast, did you hear somebody shout Watson Wagon in a high-pitched noise? No, I didn't. Um, my mic doesn't pick up. I, I have seen the I've photo got... that you've taken. It was... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I, I have my mic um, I couldn't resist it to minimise background noise I have my mic settings very uh, very low down but sorry about James interrupting you there Tom yeah you thought Ben you thought Ben said some good stuff yeah um, they, they, they say stuff that obviously you don't get to hear from elsewhere and I feel like the podcast they sort of state if it's a written interview they don't say as much I feel like anyway because with the podcast you can get more off like more information out there in an easier way in a quicker way and it comes across how they want to say it rather than how it's written by a reporter. Obviously, those are the Fly Racing post-race podcasts. Um, much like part one of this podcast, it's presented by Fly Racing and the Formula Helmet. Uh, you can actually find that on the same Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. feed as this show. But for people like James who haven't listened, um, I've got a little 30... This isn't a whole interview, it's 20 seconds. So don't like freak out people if you've already listened. But for people like James, this is what Hurlins had to say about his where he's at currently. Yeah, people are saying like, "Hey, why aren't you winning?" I'm like, "Hey, I'm happy. I'm, you know, my food is terrible. Was well, it was terrible after the accident, and then, you know, I was almost eating milkshakes for the rest of my life after Fienza last year. So I was like, I'm, I'm happy to the podium for now. And when I feel like I'm ready to start winning, I'll try to get you know put that extra risk in there. But for now, I just feel I'm a little bit off. 
nothing to do with the bike or whatsoever. The bike is absolutely great. It's fast. It's pulling good starts. So it's just, uh, yeah, me, myself and I, we need to improve a bit. Wow, James, you just like, Jesus, I didn't know this brilliance was out there. Uh, yes, I, I've got to be honest, I zoned out. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> no, I was just checking my emails. But I played that specifically for you. Tom's listened to it. Oh, that's nice of you. Are thanks, you being thanks serious? For, thanks for including me in the, uh, in the podcast. Are you being serious? Yeah. Well, I was going to ask you what your immediate thoughts are after listening to that. I think Jeffrey's great. Okay. What, the thing that stands out to me from that clip specifically, and maybe the whole interview, is it the bit where he says, um, uh, the bit where he says, when I get to tracks that I like or I'm feeling it a bit more, then I'll be ready to risk it all, which kind of just um, yeah, confirms for a second time. But right now, he's riding well within his means. The only thing I would say is, given what's happened on previous years, why is he willing to risk it all? Uh, no, he's not. No, he he is willing to risk it all. Risk it all, but when he gets to a situation that's comfortable for him, he's he's now smart enough to know that he doesn't need to risk it all every single weekend. Well, that's good. It's only took him what ten years. Well, um, here's another just little interesting thing about what Herlin said because um, if people listen to this podcast, will remember what I said months and months ago that I really wanted to ask him if he, if possible. Would he transform himself back to 2018 Jeffrey Hurlings when he was winning everything in sight, absolutely smashing everyone, was pushing himself beyond, I believe, any riders ever pushed themselves before. He looked like he was dying. He was unhappy, but he was winning. And he was no doubt the fastest rider in the world at that point. I asked him whether he would go back there right now if he could click his fingers or if he's quite happy where he is right now, which is a comfortable position. And here's an interesting little thing that he said, if you're ready to listen to this, James. Yep, I'm born ready. Are you sure? Because it sounds like someone's phone's ringing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, support call going off on my laptop at the moment, so I've just switched that off. Okay, are you ready to listen to this? It's 20 yes. seconds. Yes, okay. I'm, I'm right. Focused, focus. I enjoy it more. Like now, I really enjoy being here and I enjoy going home. And like, instead of already putting on intervals in the Monday morning, I would just like take a little spin and, and go a little cycle. And yeah, I enjoy it a bit more. And I think with doing that, Okay, maybe the results are a bit less for now, but I think the enjoyment for a full career will, will get better and you might be being able to do it for more years. But, uh, you know, end of all, you know, I, I, I get hired to actually win races, but, you know, um, so a podium for now is good, but we should definitely, definitely improve and, and, and become better, you know. I'm on a great team, on a great bike, so the bike's capable of winning, so it's just me at the moment letting, letting down. Thoughts, James? He's very honest. Well, I'm not going to lie to you. As Tom would attest to, all the riders are very honest on these fly racing post-race podcasts. Yeah, no, it was, a, it was a very honest assessment. I don't think anybody can, can disagree with that. It's, we haven't seen the typical hurlings that we, we've seen in previous seasons. He is on a winning machinery uh, and he is expected to win. So the fact that he's able to take that pressure and, and kind of do his own thing and be calculated with the risks he's taking, fair play. Tom, have you got any other thoughts on Hurlings? Yeah, do you know the, the year of 2018 when he, when he said that he was borderline killing himself? Was that around the time when he was sort of dipping into Alden Baker's program a little bit? Like, I know there was, a, there was interest there or he was trying to mimic it or something like that. And do you think he, do you think he saw how it works and the work that they're putting in? Because um, it's obviously a short career because it, it gets the absolute best out of guys, but it obviously burns them out fast. Do you think he took a look at that and thought, like, Right, I've I've tried it, I've won like convincingly, 
but I'm not going to be able to sustain it? Should I back it down a little bit and sort of prolong my career while still, because he's, he's, the talent's obviously there. It's just the, the sort of the work ethic that he was putting in that year. It wasn't going to last much longer if he was to do it. Like you said, he looked, he looked quite ill and he was obviously not happy and no one's going to stick around long if they're not happy. So do you think he sort of took a, a step back, maybe like 5% off what he was doing? And it sort of helped him. He's happy. He's happier in himself. And it's a bit of a slower, it's like a slow burn throughout the season rather than absolutely killing everyone every weekend. It was, um, yeah, because it was the end of 2017 where we kind of dipped into Alvin's yeah. program. Yeah. Do you think he took some he obviously sort took of something from there. Yeah. I, I do, because people still ask him about that now. I think people were reading into that too much because honestly, uh, in 2018, I think he went beyond Alvin's program. I think yeah. he went further than those guys. He mentioned it in the interview. I didn't. I haven't got a clip. Do you think he obviously saw what they did and thought, "Well, I can do more than that"? And then I think he. I think of... he had that as his baseline. Yeah, yeah. I think he had. He was like, at the very least, I'll do what those guys do. But then, like he said in the interview, like there would be a 15th place rider or a fifth place rider who's not even really a threat to Hurlins. And if that rider's riding four times that week, he's going to ride five because it, that year his mind was. I'm going to be better than people on the track. I'm going to be better than people in the gym. I'm going to be better people in practice. He was basically, I don't even like, I just, like, it sounds like I'm just bloody blowing smoke up his ass. But I genuinely think no rider will ever get back to that level because being kind of, being able to have an honest conversation with him away from the microphone, I kind of know how far he went that year. Yeah. And, and it obviously wasn't sustainable. I, I can't see how anyone could ever even do that again. No. But um, to what you said, no, even that year, I remember like in the middle of the year at like Tushantar and GPs like that, he was already talking then about how he couldn't do this forever and like, there's no way I can do this for more than another two years or like, yeah. so he was already, even halfway through that year, he was already like recognizing that at some point I need to do that slow burn, like you say. Yeah. Do you think he's, that's it then? He's, he's backed it off and he was not going to come out swinging every weekend, but like now he's saying he's waiting for the tracks where he'll shine and he can, he, do, he probably won't even have to ride at 100% when it comes to places like Lommel. He can probably just manage it and ride within himself. So he won't have to put like full risk on the line. I think this um I think this stat kind of sums up the situation, right? So Hurlings has raced before this year, Hurlings had raced for first four motos of a season uh, eight times. Four of those seasons no uh, uh, wait, hold on. I need to try and get my head around how to say this correct. So that, yeah, he's so he's raced the first four motos of the season eight times. Yeah. And every single one of those seasons, he won at the very least half of the moto, so two of the four. Uh, most of the time, he won a majority. But only four of those eight seasons, that led to a world title. The other four, he was dominant in the first two rounds, won a majority of the motos, and it ultimately led to nothing by his very high standards. So I think, if, I think that stat alone kind of gives him a little, like, if he looks at that, he's like, well, what is the point? Like, this really doesn't matter. Like, you... I'll finish third, I'll finish fourth, I'll finish second, because really, I've done the winning at the, in the first two rounds and it actually does absolutely nothing for you. Obviously, he doesn't want to be finishing 15th, but where he's at is fine. Yeah, he's somewhere about, isn't he? He's, he's within the championship points. Um, he's not killed himself on the first four motors yet. He's not had any big crashes. He's just, just been there, just clicking him off, clicking him off, getting better. And then, yeah, he'll... Once he's peaked, he probably peaked mid-season, and then, then it's it's go time, isn't it? Then it's all eyes towards the championship. 
I have one more thing I needed to say on Hurlins that I just remembered, and then we'll move on. We need to we'll start hashing through guys quicker here, but obviously there's a lot to say. Matley was maybe the most interesting GP that. in years. Hurlins in that interview, he kept mentioning 2017, which was the year when he came first year on a 450. He came in with a um, broken hand, wrist, something like that, and he was finishing 16th in the motos. And he compared this season to that season, which kind of. In my mind, that was like kind of a slip of the mask and kind of made it, made me go, huh, even though those, that year you were finishing 16th, this year you're finishing second and third, but in your mind, it's the same thing. Like, like you're losing and that's, a, that's exactly the same thing for you. That's like, really you listen weird. To, oh, okay, James, um, you didn't no, listen, but do you get... No, that's, I think like, from, if, you, if you look at the psychology behind that, it's kind of, he feels the same as though he's, you know, he's building himself up. Um, James, do you feel like you maybe should listen to this podcast now that you've realised that, Jesus, it was interesting? No, 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 because I've got okay. you for that. I've always told okay. you. What's the point of me listening to it and spending my time doing that when you do it? Work smarter, not harder, Lewis Phillips. Thanks to Fly Racing for presenting the post-race podcast. A lot, and thanks to everyone, because I had a lot of messages about them this week saying that they were amazing. So oh, thanks about for that. time. Jesus Christ, you had eight months off. Well, I was nervous because I hadn't done them in a while, so I was thinking that I might be a bit rusty, but apparently not. I listened to the Ben Watson one anyway because I stood there. You okay? Actually, I, we'll, we'll go on to Ben in a bit because there's like, but uh, as soon as we're on the subject of post race podcast, you stood and listened to the podcast, right? Yeah. I said something and you actually laughed out loud. Like for people that don't know, James is a bit. James likes to hide it, but the truth is, James idolizes me in many ways. Like it's a bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit weird because. <laughs> It's no. a bit weird because obviously he's like 65 years older than me or whatever. But in reality, I am a bit, I am his hero a little bit. So I was stood talking to Ben and I could just see in the corner of my eye, him stood next to me, listening with his jaw dropped. He was like the Mike Wazowski meme where like he's a big eyes just looking up like, wow. And then I asked Ben a question and James, bless James, his little art, idolizes me, like I say. He actually laughed out loud because he just was lapping up what I was saying, which obviously on this podcast, he tells me I'm the least funny person in the world, but clearly not because he was lapping it up. Well, like they say, there's always two sides to every story. We need to move on faster than this. Bevera fourth, Prado fifth, Jonas sixth. Tom, what stands out to you out of those? Uh, yeah, let's we'll move on a bit quicker. Out right. of those three riders, what stands out to you the most, good or bad? Uh, so a quick one on each of them, I guess. Fevra's showed, shown his speed, which he was known for in that second one. Um, obviously, it took Tim's move to, to stop him winning it. Prado was a little bit questionable in the second one. I don't know what was happening, whether it was arm pump or if he was having goggle issues. There was a little bit of misty rain halfway through. I don't know. And Jonas is just living up to the hype of what everyone had in the off season. Like there was all the talk of him showing all this speed, and he was saying in interviews that he feels like he's back to his usual self, and the bike feels like a two fifty. And I feel this weekend was just just backing it up. I know he had a good race in Russia, but this one was he was just solid and like he was coming forward. Uh, in both races, I think. And yeah, it was just good. Uh, James, anything on those free riders? Yeah, sure. I think... Um, yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> people people have got a little bit, a different mindset now to Prado, thinking um, he, he's not on it. But if you, if you look at Prado had the same results as, as Fevre on the day. So it's like, everybody's raving about like, you know, Remain, how fast he is and stuff like that. However, Prado finished with exactly the same points, just the other way around. Holy bloody... Jesus Christ, you've just made a bloody good point. Exactly. What is happening? Wait, hold on, hold on. Let me scroll. We're not at our stage yet, but hold on. I'm not ready for this because we're... 
Not the guy screaming for fuck's sake. You've been warned about oh, that. Sorry. Yeah. I pressed no. the button. No. Oh. I forgot I had that. James Burfield has made. Has, uh, sorry, go on, Tom. I was just going to say, I think the difference is, though, Prado was started up front and faded back where Fevre came from behind and sort of, like, didn't fade. He came forward. Oh, so it looks uh, different. It, obviously, the results on paper. Yeah, the results on paper are the same, but the actual race told a different story. Yeah. But oh, it's... Do I... So do I go on with this being the Planet Motor Bombshell of the week or do no, I rescind good. it? Because yeah, yeah, you are making a good point. Rescind it. It's, it's, it's both points are valid, but it's just... You I'll know, rescind I, it. We'll wait, for, we'll wait for the next bombshell. But I, I just think it's a little bit unfair on Prado when actually he, he did deliver. Um, is that yeah, the same first race is very just, good. You know, it's look, look like he's had a lackluster, lack, lackluster weekend. Okay, I'll, um, I'll jump in to you two alley cats fucking going at it. <laughs> <laughs> I always say it's going at it, Lewis. <laughs> I'm a host. I'm just building drama and excitement. Yeah. I will say this. First moto, obviously, Crowley, uh, Prado, Coldenoff, Hurlins, Geyser were the top five early on. I looked at it and I was like, oh, Jesus, this is going to be something special. Um, the way the track was hard, fast, not many lines. Well, there were lines, but not like technical sections. No one really moved. So maybe you can use that as a, well, that's why Prado got second. Maybe if it was a technical track where Hurlins guys could have made more of a difference in deep, uh, footpeg deep, deep ruts, maybe then that changes. Maybe that's where, that's, that, was what I, that was what I would say in support of Tom's point. Uh, on on the last point with um, Pauls Jonas, I was, it was the first time I've seen Pauls Jonas for, I reckon, probably about a year since I've seen him riding. And um, for someone who's just coming back from that, uh, you know, from that long out from, from racing, I was super impressed and also impressed just how consistent he was all weekend. He, um, he just didn't look out of place out of, out of that top six. Like the speed he was carrying, it, it just, I know you kind of set, seen it pre-season, Lewis, and you were mm-hmm. raving about him. Mm-hmm. I hate to admit it. However, from November, James, from back in November. Yeah, I've got to be honest. Uh, he was one of the, you know, there's a lot of great performances throughout the day, but I was just watching Paul Jonas and just thinking, Jesus, for someone who's been out that long, doesn't look, you know, he's only going to get better throughout this year. Okay, moving on. Just try to speed this thing up because we did spend a long time on the top three. Uh, Sue was seventh. He's still not 100%. He said that he would say he's at 90%. Eighth in the first motor, he was really fighting the bike. You could see it quite clearly. Really, I, At one point, I thought he had a puncher. It looked like he was fighting the bike that much. So he made changes for the second race. I asked him what changes he made, trying to do my job. And he told me that he put the rear shock on the left front fork. So <laughs> I don't know what to give you people other than that information. I can't really do much. Even the riders are taking the piss out of him now, James. Yeah, they, they love it. It's just like, yeah, we're going to lead him right up this path. Yeah, so I don't know if that happened, but for now, the official word is he put the rear shock on the left front fork. But yeah, he's a 90%, so he's building up. Uh, so he'll get better from here on out. Uh, he's, in a, he's in a very similar position to Hurlins, I would say. So those two, it'll be interesting to watch their arcs moving forward. Koldenoff, eighth. I, I was really impressed with Koldenoff, to be honest. When he started third in the first moto, I thought he was going to get dropped. Uh, just because I don't think he's got that pace on a Yamaha yet, but he held his ground pretty good. Uh, same in the second moto before a crash. So, um, no, I, Koldenoff exceeded expectations for me uh, at Matterley just because I thought that it would be a bit of a 
more of an adjustment period on the older on the old Yamaha. Sewer was seventh. Cold uh, was eighth, and then uh, in ninth we had the Watson wagon. All aboard! I do like this one. It does make me laugh. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. It was like young love, Tom, watching those two chat to each other. There was the month of excitement just build up. Oh, there is a reason why he's wearing baggy, baggy trousers and a baggy uh, t-shirt. Um, Tom, you can take, you can go first on yeah. uh, Ben's day and things. It's just a solid rebound, wasn't it? It was just, he was, he. Struggled in the in the fast start times in practice, which didn't give us a, a great gate pick. But uh, there was a good start from further out, and he just ran the outside. Um, you're probably not going to hole shot from there, but you can get obviously in the mix, and that's all he was. I think in the first one, he maybe maybe could have got Lapino and Tonus. I think was in front of him, but other than that, I don't think you can expect much more. Um, they were all. That top eight in front of that was just like established guys, and he made himself look like he was one of them. And the same in the second one, uh, he moved forward a little bit. Just he was just been hounded like the full day from Strybos in the first one, and then Valandrin in the second one. But to hold him off and stay where he was, it was obviously impressive. And I don't think you can ask much more, really. Speaking, you mentioned Lupino. Um, speaking of uh, in the post race podcast. Ben mentioned how he part he slammed Lupino. Lupino cut the track and got him back, which is definitely a not a good racing move. <laughs> I checked afterward, as I as I said in the podcast, I did afterwards go and check, and no penalty for Lupino. So all of us on the Watson wagon are seething at the lack of justice in the world. But you know, this is just the way the world works. So um, we've just got to suck it up and move on. But um, no. I uh yeah I think this is the best place for Ben to be at this point in the season. Like the top eight are the they're all like world champions, GP winners, blah blah blah. So for Ben to be ninth at this point, like basically the next in line, I think that's a good block for him to build on moving forward because from there he can now start to look at minimizing that gap and trying to see where to gain and stuff. So I think I think this sets him up nicely moving forward. Agree, Tom? Yeah, completely. And and to be honest, there was no real like time difference gap. He could see the guys, well, in the second one, he could see Prado, like finished, I think it was five seconds behind him. So like he's, he's there really. It's just about now learning, learning them first 10 minutes of the race, which I feel like is where he struggles. Um, it just, it's like he just, all of a sudden you get to like halfway through the motor and Ben's there setting his fastest lap times, which was always been the theme last year on the 250. But with this, with this class, I feel like he needs to go in the first half of the race to be within within a shot but it's 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 just the experience i think i think um like i said better start uh, a better qualifying position better starts he'll be up there more he'll go with the guys off the well he'll go with the guys ahead of him in the first half and then when it comes to his sort of time in the, la- the latter half of the race then he'll he'll deliver i think it's only a matter of time yeah, qualifying did kind of hurt him at Matley because in the first moto, he had a really good start. Like, if he was a little further to the left, I think he would have whole shot that. I genuinely do. So, if he can just get in the top 15, even, in qualifying, then that'll, um, that'll, be, a, that'll be a big uh, string to his bow, I guess. Uh, James, yeah. thoughts on Ben? Yeah, I think it's a solid weekend. 
done exactly what he needed to do in front of the home crowd. Um, no bells, no whistles, just literally put himself in the right place and delivered a top 10 overall. I mean, what can you expect from your first uh, first time Matley on a 450? Uh, obviously, everybody would love to have seen him on a podium, especially given his scintillate informant, Ling. However, um, you know, I think, I think everybody in the UK witnessed just how deep and how tough that MXGP class is. It's no joke. Uh, Lupino 10th, Van Horbeek 11th, Olsen 12th, 13th, Vlandering. Vlandering crashed in the first corner in the first moto. Like I said, after Russia, his day was better than the results show, and I think he's going to come on pretty good here coming uh, shortly. I do. I would say watch his space with Vlandering, because I think once he gets, maybe after the weekend off, I think he will, once things click a little bit, I think he will uh, be making some strides. That was, a, that was another rider I watched throughout the day, Lewis, in that he got pinched on the start of race one. Um, I think it might have been Crowley or, or Jeremy. They both closed the door on him, proper banging elbows and bars. And uh, yeah, to come through from what, 35th or wherever he was in the first, you know, literally before he, right, literally, I think 35th, 36th, uh, and to come through to 17th at the end of the, end of the race was, uh, was a hell of a performance. 14th Strybos, which does, actually take us to the official Planet Moto bombshell of the week. Uh, escaping everyday life and riding in Spain has never been better, and you can still experience that right now. Planet Moto still have packages available, plus customizable options with the Planet Moto Academy. There's a lot going on at Planet Moto, including their 2022 dates, which are now available and going fast, so get in touch, visit planetmoto.co, and uh, yeah, figure out your 2022 winter break for riding in Spain, because why the hell would you want to miss out on that, I ask you? No, uh, bombshell of the week. Strybos had the sick fastest lap time in the second moto. Be Jesus. The sick fastest lap time in the second moto. Faster than Jonas, faster than Prado, faster than Coldenoff, faster than Ben, faster than, faster than everyone, and only 0.012 slower than Hurling's lap time. Is Strybos the same age as Crowley or older? Uh, I believe a year older. A year older, okay. That's not bad. Not bad. Strybos is bloody good. I tell you, Strybos might be my most, Im- like my most improved rider. No, most Im- <laughs> Im- impressive standout thing from the first two rounds. James, uh, thoughts on Strybos? I'm still laughing at my own improved rider. I'm going to give you a little medal, Kevin. Well done. Okay, James, if you could stick to the scripts, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, given, given what, uh, you know, the last few years have been quite lackluster for him. And uh, I think it just shows the appetite of that he still has for racing. The fact that he really fought for that uh, position at, at Geben and made something out of nothing when pretty much the Suzuki doors closed. And uh, yeah, fair play to him. It just shows that he still has the appetite to go out there and do it. And he, like you say, he seems to be getting better every round. Um, and don't forget that he isn't, okay, he's a full-time rider under like Orlin, but he's also in sort of a development role. Like he's in charge of testing. He's testing things for Vlandering and Van Donick. So he's in that... Whereas Vlandering and Van Donick are fully focused on results, Strybos is kind of analysing the bike, analysing each rider's bike, seeing what would work for each guy, like doing that sort of thing. How good did Van Donick look, though, in race one before he went down? Yeah, it was very impressive. I was just literally... I was like, what the hell? I did not see that coming. But he showed that in Russia, didn't he? Yeah, I feel like he... I feel like that whole Geben team is quite really good. 
really good. I think all of them, all of them are going above ex or maybe Vlandering not yet, but I think all of them will be going above expectations here shortly. And I think, um, I think a lot. Of that, I think to get. I'll go on, Tom. I was going to say I think a lot of that though could be to do with Strabos because if he's like the de- bike developer, we saw last year they were struggling all like everywhere with the bike, weren't they? And then all of a sudden, it's now come around and all the team has improved. And if he's the test rider and he's got all the experience, then it could be that he's found something and he's pushing it in the right direction for everyone. I've, at this point, Strybos and Caroli signed 2022 deals. You like you do that, guys. Feel like feel free. That's where I'm at. Like, why would you stop? I think uh, I think was when I was watching race one and watching um, Vlanderen and Ben. I think it's race one. I'm in race two. two. Race two, Vlanderen. Race two, Vlanderen, Ben. Yeah. He, you got got to be honest. You didn't really see too much between like Ben's on a factory, a factory bike, and Gebbins obviously a satellite team. But those bikes were hauling. Those Gebbin bikes compared to the Wilvo ones. I mean, the Wilvo ones are fast, but the Gebbin bikes, yeah, whatever Strybos is doing, he's doing a bloody good job. Right. Uh, moving on quickly uh, down to Sean Simpson in nineteenth overall. Uh, Tom, what did you make of Sean's interview after the race? It was very like. Like he, he was frustrated with himself, wasn't he? I think most of it. Like you were trying to give him like positive things and he was just like, nah, it's, it's just, we've still got more. We've still got more to go. And the fact that he went back to a setting from, was it 2016, he said? Or he was, yeah, he, I was, was shocked. Like, yeah, that's a long time said, ago because that's an old generation bike as well. So whether that is that's even what I was, relevant, I was going to ask him that. Yeah, but he's obviously searching if he's going back that far. And to even be putting standard forks in, um, it's sometimes like a it's like a full reset in it. When you're going back to standard forks, then you you you're completely lost, and you're like, right, I just need to find something that I know and go back to that. So it sounds like he's he's sort of a little bit lost with setup, but it's also like there's room for improvement. So like the odd results that you see him having, and you think that it should be better than. He, he agrees with it and he's, he's doing his best to find it, I guess. And it's only a matter of him finding it and before the improvements come. Because I don't feel like he's a guy who'd make an excuse at all. He's he's straightforward. Like I think it's a Scottish mentality in it. Like You just get on with it. But if there's a problem, then there's a problem. And obviously his suspension at the moment he's struggling with and that'll be the big gains he can make. Yeah, I thought it was a really like revealing interview. I don't think he was really Yeah, expecting, he was very honest. I don't think he was expecting me to kind of chip away at his situation as much as I did, maybe. But he was very uh yeah, I feel like a lot came from that. I probably should have cut some of it up because James has no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> no, I I did speak to you after after you um you interviewed him and you said that you tried to try and get some answers and um, you tried to get the best out of that interview as possible and try and get to the root of the reason. You were kind of like working with Sean to try and push that through that post rate. I did say, right? I did say, uh, I looked at your results at the beginning of the year and I thought, oh dear. And I thought, well, I mean, that was a bit of a <laughs> question. But it's the truth. It's the truth. Yeah, he didn't. I was, I was expecting him to say me too, but he didn't. I was like, oh, just me then. <laughs> do, do you know, um, uh, as, as we're going for a few riders, one rider which did stand out for me and from the weekend, just because of, of what he's done previous years, uh, I thought Adam Sterry rode very, very well. Yeah. Um, where previous years in front of a British crowd, um, he just would get a little bit lost. And I think that it's, Adam seems a way more um, 
accomplished rider now. It, it seems to be taking a lot of things in his stride. And in talking to him after the race, he said on the start, it was so hard hanging onto the bike because the roost from the clay was just literally pushing you off the bike. He said he just couldn't explain it. It was just so hard to hold onto the bike. That's how hard the roost was hitting you. I think a lot of guys complained about the roost. Yeah, it was bad. I mean, I don't know if you've seen Vlanderen. I've seen Anton go after. They were literally just Vlanderen, bruised. Vlanderen was sat behind Ben for like the thir- the full 30 minutes in the second moto and they're just eating roost like the full time. <sighs> it must have been oh. so painful. But yeah, Adam's really, I don't know, just just seems to be coming together and seems to like, I, I'm really surprised because that, if if you look at the you got you got Van Donick twentieth overall, Usland twenty first, Lucrecio twenty second, Gillo twenty three, uh, Tixier twenty fourth, Monticelli tw- like as you go down, Jazakonis, Coolis, Gold, Watson, Gilbert, it's uh, it's like crazy. Like that that is the depth of that class is insane. So for Adam to go around and score nine points throughout the day, and and the second race was was great. What did you guys think? Uh, you can go, Tom. I just think he's solid. Like he's he's getting to the point now where he can be like just reliable, and like you just know he's going to be there. And you never really see him up front off a start, so it'd be interesting what he could do with a start. But yeah, he, he's whether he's just yeah, he's just always there, and I think it's a good quality to have. Obviously, with this group, you want to be in the points as much as possible in his position, and. Yeah, it's just a strong showing. Further down, uh, I'm kind of trying to rush this on because we are. We are can, we, can we can we talk about incident of the weekend in how he's still walking? Is Jacoby? If you like, you go ahead. Well, no, I just uh, literally I didn't see it. All I seen was just Jacoby like on the floor looking around, dazed, and trying not to get hit by riders. And then it wasn't until I got home and I seen the footage and was like, oh. Because literally, was it Monticelli nearly took out? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I saw it. I just so, thought he uh, caught his foot. I didn't realize he was hanging off the bike, even going up the face of the jump. I thought it'd like, because the way that jump is ter- it's on a turn, a lot of the guys were scrubbing it. And I thought if he scrubbed yeah. it and caught a foot and it's ripped him over the top. But on the video, he's actually, he's, both, he's, he's like Superman going off the face of it. And he, so it's, it's even bigger than what I expected. And the photos of him just floating, it's, it's mad. Yeah. <laughs> it's good that he actually got I thought up. it was photoshopped when I seen the first one. Yeah, yeah. It's good that he got up and went out in the second race and still got some points and still rode well. So fair play to him for getting up from that. Yeah, fair, fair play for getting back on the bike and doing race two because yeah. if that was any lesser person, they'd have just been like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it a day. <laughs> yeah. In the, in the Lewis is always right category. Oh, we, God. We find this out. This isn't the Lewis, look how great Lewis is no. show. Just well, it's not. I, I, it wouldn't be if I didn't make correct predictions all the time. Jesus Invert. Look how Christ. great Lewis is. All uh, look we how great. Even got to fucking MX manager yet, and that's going to be a nightmare. Look how great in the look how great Lewis is category. We find Alberto Ferrato in thirty first overall. Fuck off, Albie's coming back. What he's warming up. He's warming up. All right, I look forward to seeing him in twenty seven. Just leave Albie or in the corner, right? Just leave Albie in the corner. He's all right. Albie's. Albie's performance gets a... That's just Uh, harsh. (laughs) Well, if people like you didn't start talking about how he's going to be in the top 10, he's like, he's like many a dude, like he's not, like he's the top 10 times three. You're going to be eating your own shit this week when he's fucking 
smashing around in fifth place around Majora. I will say this, I really struggled because he was wearing the same gear as the Beta guys and the, obviously Gas Gas and Beta look similar, like colours and stuff. And yeah. I, I was just like, who the hell? Like, it took me, eight, I thought he was cliche for about a moto and a half. And I was like, oh no, maybe not. Right. Anything uh, we missed in MXGP in this ridiculously long first part of the MX Vice show, episode number 74, presented by Fly Racing and the Formula Helmet? Well, Harry Coolis. We both were kind of excited about Harry Coolis coming in. And we, 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 I think, Tom, you said as well, I was, I was there, kind of, I thought Harry was going to come in and, in, in, you know, hit the top 20 and it didn't work out. Yeah. He, uh, yeah, but when you look at the field... Yeah, it's, oh, go on, Tom. It's, you, we, well, we saw how strong the field is and he was battling away uh, in one of them with Nathan Watson for like the full race they were backwards and forwards and then you think oh the guys are going to be like they're going to be like 17th or 18th and then when you look and it's like oh they're in 25th it's like Jesus this this field is so stacked that you don't realise like how easy it is to be in 25th nice. for them sort of thing so like you'd expect them to be higher and then you start reading the names off and you're like oh yeah maybe maybe that's about where they are and they're absolutely giving every Yeah, yeah. It was like a battle to the death, the 25th. <laughs> the 25th, yeah, for no points. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I think this is, this is what's going to make this year. If, if people can stay healthy, it is what a fucking season is going to be. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very competitive, isn't it? It's, it's not even like you, can't, you just can't explain how the whole model of MXGP and the whole age rule thing has just come to fruition. And now it's just showing that all the talent that was in MX2 before and maybe hanging around, it's pushed them up. And the names in the back half of the twenties are like, well, they used to be established guys and they're still there, but they just can't do anything more with, with what they've got. Hey, another 12, 12 months, Tom, and uh, we'll be paying your entrance fee for you to go into 450. <laughs> I'm okay. Uh, thank MXGP you. race. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stand in pit lane with Lewis it's fine <laughs> has anyone got anything else to say about MXGP uh, no speak Wait, now no. or forever hold your peace or say your peace whatever the saying is Tom good no I think we've covered most of it Jazakonis Jazakonis he finished well he didn't finish both motors but he finished the second moto he was back happy days step one in a very long process is complete Lucrecio Okay, we don't I was actually run through everyone, right? <laughs> really? Yeah, he picked just, up. He just got to get a point. Yeah, like oh, did he? Yeah, he got yeah. a point in the in the first moto, I think. Oh, the second moto, sorry. So, second moto, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's good. Yeah, okay, good. he gets that. He gets some acknowledgement. Can have a shout out. Yeah. And uh, Guillo's oh. missing the next few GPs because of he's got to do the Swiss GP. That yeah. uh, Swiss uh, Championship. We covered that last week, right? That has been part one of episode 74 of the MXY show presented by Fly Racing. Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with a Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rion technology, conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's advanced impact system introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1290 grams, we believe the formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Just ask the Hitachi KTM fueled by Milwaukee guys. They will vouch for that, I'm sure. Simply put, 
the Formula Helmet has changed the game. And as well as Fly Racing, thanks to Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, KYB, Even Strokes, MXGP TV, Backyard Design UK, Asterix Knee Braces, Armour, Nutrition, and Blenzel Oils. That has been part one of The Marathon, episode 74 of the MXY Show. We'll be back in five with MX2 Talk, which is now just as wide open as MXGP. So that should be a minefield. Uh, we'll be back in five minutes. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with three Liat bulletproof velocity goggles, Liat has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com. Brox Racing Parts supply genuine replacement products which meet or even exceed OEM quality. All parts are manufactured to highest quality standard at state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities around the world. Hence why everything that Prox Racing Parts offer exceeds the high-level requirements that all motocross riders require. Many of Prox's parts are actually made by the same suppliers to the OEMs. Head to pro-x.com now to learn more. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Evenstrokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at Evenstrokes.com. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out Liat.com for more. Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rayon technology, Conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's Advanced Impact System, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, we believe the formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula Helmet has changed the game. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to episode 74 of the MX Vice Show podcast, a post-MXGP of Great Britain. A lot to talk about. I feel like I'm getting a sore throat, but here we are, just powering through for you guys. Part two of the MX Vice Show is, as always, presented by Technical Touch. With an air-oil-separated closed cartridge design that is well-known in the MX world, the KYB factory kit suspension from our friends at Technical Touch was perfected on one of the toughest tracks in the MXGP series. You too can experience the best in suspension, like Jeremy Sewer and Ben Watson, and close to home too. Visit technical-touch.com slash kyb-authorized-dealer to find an authorized KYB by Technical Touch dealer in your country. Take your ride to the next level, choose Technical Touch, find someone close to you, and easy as that, really. Uh, you get the best suspension in the world via a very uh, easy process. Much simpler than you would imagine. They may even put your rear shock on your left front fork like they did for Jeremy Sewer. Right, a lot has been said. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to go into Liat Ask Vice Anything, and then after that we're going to do MX2, and then the games... Got to do the social media fail of the week somewhere. Actually, should we do the social media fail of the week quickly? Yeah, do it. Yeah, do it. Okay. So this was off the cuff segment last week. I've been tagged in so many things this week that it's just a permanent thing now. There was a lot of fan people tagging me in comments on other people's pages where a fan has said something. So like, this is fun. This is going to be fun. We can they're doing slag a, someone off. They're everyone. doing all the work for you. 
You don't have to find any. Yeah, pretty much. That's the only reason it's here. So everyone keep tagging Lewis. Right. It, it's time for the social media fail of the week. Um, <laughs> That's <it's laughs> as weak as that. <laughs> well, I haven't got a segment. And I did that last week, so it's now official. I've got two options for you. Three options for you. Right? You can both vote and then I'll split. If it's a tie or if it's a your split, I'll make the uh, final decision. Okay. Social media fail of the week, option number one. Do I say the fan's name? I guess I probably shouldn't. Mm. That's, a, that's, that's a question. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, they, might like, they might like it. A fan on Twitter said, in reply to Mitch Evans being injured and out for much of the season, time for Mitch to retire. Never did have the results. That's, that's option number one. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Option number two. <laughs> option number two. At Kawasaki MXGP on Instagram, who posted on Sunday night, top five results for our boys in Great Britain. Third position on the MXGP podium for Roman Fevre. He actually finished fourth. A fourth for Rowan van der Moestijk and a fifth in the MX2 class for Mikkel Harrop. Uh, Milko Harrop crashed out and DNF'd and Roman Fevre didn't even stand on the podium. So they just had an absolute nightmare with trying to get their head around what the Kawasaki riders <laughs> did and made it sound wow. like that than it was. All right, that's definitely winning so far. As that, that's just ridiculous. I thought they'd sack their PR guy who so, did the tweet about uh, Monticelli, that Monticello. No, well... That, They're having a bad day. Oh, that, yeah, but did he get his knit a fr- when it Enzo or something? No, it was Zico Monticello. Zico, that was it. Zico. <laughs> Option number three, and I do. I put this in just to poke fun because, like, this way people can't get mad at me for taking the piss out of people because I'm taking the piss out of us. Is MX Vice with the weather forecast presented by Fox Racing on Sunday morning that showed 100% chance of rain all day, and it obviously ended up being bone dry. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that is a foul. <laughs> so that's your three options. There was another. I, I, try, I might be able to find another one that I forgot. I wanted to include that I couldn't find this morning because it got. I got tagged in it like last Thursday. But out of those three uh, social media fails of the week, what are we liking, people? Well, the fan one about Mitch is just ridiculous. Like, yeah, he's out of riches. Showed so much, so many results and so much quality. That's the whole reason he got awarded a time for Mitch HRT to retire. Contract. Never did yeah. have the results. <laughs> that, that's just ridiculous. So I don't know where that guy's been, but like, welcome to MXGP in your first year of watching. But the Kawasaki ones, yeah, <laughs> wins I think, hands down I in think my the Kawasaki one wins for me too. Um, how you can get one result wrong, but two of them, or was there even three that was wrong? We're all three, no, all we're all, three. All three were they wrong, three right? Result. So that's just, there's, there's no even explanation for that one, is there? That's a bad thing. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so they put Roman Fevre was third, he finished fourth. They put Roman van der Mostijk was fourth, he finished fifth. And they put <laughs> Mikkel Herup finished fifth, and he finished, where is he on this list? 14th. <laughs> Maybe they're just trying to like sort of uh, get more, like imagine the sponsors. Oh, wow. Didn't we do well the weekend? And this is going beyond social media now. Thanks to the fan who didn't know if this would work, but I'm going to give it an honorable mention because maybe we could have the life fail of the week. Uh, supposedly on MXGP TV, um, uh, the pit reporter went to interview 
a FNH rider and said they were on FNH Yamaha. <laughs> oh wow! So that's a that is an honourable mention as well. What I like that segment. Come back, Lisa. <laughs> I like I like that segment. That's definitely sticking around. Thanks, actually. For- Lisa's back uh, after the ne- after us, isn't she? No, no after the Majora, Majora for us. Yeah, so she's back for us. Yeah, cool. Um, I enjoyed that segment. So Kawasaki win. Uh, it's one point for Suzuki, and now Kawasaki have entered the table with a point in the social media fail of the week. No, they're two. Are they two one? Do the other one not count? Oh yeah, well that wasn't. We weren't playing the game at that point. Uh, it counts. It's got to count. It's got to count. That was the okay. ultimate yeah, fail of definitely. the week. Z-Con. Well, make do note that in their caption they didn't mention Monticelli, and it may be because they were trying to because they've added each rider. They haven't mentioned Monticelli and it may be because they were trying to at Zico Monticello and couldn't find him and we're like, well, we're <laughs> where is that footballer? <laughs> um, where just, is that Brazilian gun? Not to hammer down, but just to make it worse, because why not? Kawasaki MXGP did correct themselves today or yesterday. They did correct themselves and put top five results now for Rowan. Like they corrected it. They put the correct results up. But they left the they left the post that was wrong up, which in itself may be a social media fail of the week. So again, that. <laughs> two weeks right. in a row. So thanks to everyone for their contributions for that. Um, please keep them coming because I like to play this game every week, even if it's something I do. I'm more than happy to poke fun at us in a, a social media fail of the week. Right, Liat, ask for us anything. Time, Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet with 360 turbine technology that comes with free bulletproof velocity goggles, Liat has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear, which includes boots, gear, helmet, Goggles, enduro jackets, um, everything you could possibly want, hardware. Shop all of that on liat.com. Nice and simple. Now, believe it or not, 116 questions this week. 116? Well, I I, I mean, I counted it myself, so I may have been off one or two, but roughly, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. So this podcast is now taking up even more of my time because it took quite a while to whittle that down to 10 or 12 Damn. or whatever. What's your mood in, James? How, how are you feeling? I feel okay. Pretty okay, that's good. Question number one from Tommy Cell 100. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yes. Does, does James think the tracks and racing are still far better at AMCA than MXGP? Well, Tommy, uh, did you know? Did you see this? Because obviously, you have access to the page where I add the add the questions. No, but... I've been a bit lapsed on social media oh, last. Yeah, so last you didn't know this question so. was coming. No, no, okay. I didn't know this week. So, so is this AMCA based on you know based on British? Yes, obviously, there's no other AMCA in the world. Right, cool. Um, no, I would just say that. No, uh, no, uh, India have an AMCA championship, and Tommy wants to know what you think of that. <laughs> it's pretty good, actually. Yeah, solid. Uh, I don't know. I've not been to a British for a while. No, what? No, no, no. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Let's try this again. At Tommy Cell 100, does James think the tracks and racing are still far better at AMCA than MXGP? 
Oh, no, no. No, I like MXGP. It's I'm sure good. you think it's close, though. Nah. How do you think, uh, for people that don't know all the Americans, Australians out there, AMCA is the Amateur Motocross Association in England, and it's basically a journeyman's championship. Like, it's not the British championship. It's not on that level or prestigious, but it's just no, like a journeyman's championship. it's the fastest plumbers in the West. And James loves it and thinks that it's the greatest ever, so Tommy's just uh, yeah, making I, fun and poking fun with that. Yeah, thanks, Tommy. No, I actually really enjoy going to, um, to the MCA. It reminds me of like how it used to be. Do you think that Luke Bur- Do you think that Antonio Crowley would have had anything for Luke Burton on Sunday? Nah, I don't think. I think. I think Luke would have. Uh, you know, if he if he's in the right frame of mind, I think. Uh, <laughs> the funny thing then... is, is, the funny thing is, you're taking a piss, but you also probably can't believe it. <laughs> nah, right. Nah, nah. <laughs> Question two. Thanks to cool. Tommy. Yeah, thanks, that. Tommy. Good one. That. Yeah. At Ryan G437, given his performance at the first two rounds, has Crowley elevated himself back into the conversation alongside Geyser and Hurlings for the title? Now, obviously, we covered this, but the thing I'd like you both to answer is alongside Geyser and Hurlings. Do you have him alongside or do you have him a tick below? A tick below, not alongside. Tommy, you can go first. Just a, just, just a uh, tick James? below, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Just, yeah, I agree with Tom, just a little bit below. Okay, that's my, and I'd like to apologize for my terrible hosting there by not saying a name. I'd like to apologize for that. At Garyok80888, uh, no, sorry, at Garyok8088, if AJ remained injury free, uh, that being last year, do you think he would be a title contender this year? Uh, James? Uh, no. Mean, yeah, I was going to say no. It's, a, it's a no, so it doesn't no. need a lot of thought. Uh, no, I Tom? think he. Oh, James? No, I was going to say, he showed real good glimpses, obviously, before he got injured. But I, I just think the level of guys are, um, you know, is what everybody else is thinking. Just the, the level of those guys at the front now is, is crazy. He would have been a consistent uh, threat for top five's podiums, but not a title. Uh, agree, yeah. Tom? Yeah, I think three to five guy. At Braden underscore 212, will a Yamaha 450 win an overall this year? Obviously, being an MXGP. Tom, will a Yamaha 450 win an overall this year? Yes. Do you want me to expand? How many? <laughs> um, how, yeah. many of the ride- how, many? how many overalls or how many of the riders? Uh, I meant overalls, but if I you think, want to say the riders, I think, you can uh, say the riders. I think Jeremy will get one, and I think Koldenhoff might later on. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely in on Jeremy, and Glenn might sneak one. Well, as much as I drive the Watson wagon, I don't think this is the year for a, for an overall for us. We'll take a podium this year. We'll 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 get a few in the future. So yeah, two. Uh, James. Yeah, I fully expect one of each um, from Jeremy and and Glenn. In a moment, I'm not seeing enough from Glenn to say you know it, it'll get a couple, but I think it will start coming together and he'll have one by the end of the year. I will go. Uh, what, 16 rounds remaining? I will go 14 for Ben. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> I will go three for Jeremy. Zero for Glenn. That's my... Three? How I feel. Okay. Uh, uh, I was going to say two, but I decided to up it to three last minute. At Tommaso underscore Malatesta. Would you have ever thought it would be such a strong start of a championship for Tony? James? 
No, I didn't. I I got to be honest. I didn't see this coming at all, which was reflected in my uh, predictions at the start of the year. Uh, Tom, no, I absolutely didn't. That's. Uh, I think we've covered it enough. I underestimated him massively, and uh, I'm quite happy to be wrong in this case. I think I was the closest to this out of everyone because of I did say were. I did say many times that he was healthy. Last time he was this healthy would have been early 2019, and at that point. But then we he, got the report of not only Van Geyser's pace. Yeah, but I, I wouldn't say I expected this, but if you'd told me that he was top four at the first two rounds, I would have been like, yeah, sure. If yeah. you'd even told me he was on the podium twice, I would have been like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't think I had him down to win. A, I, I wouldn't have had him down to win at the first two rounds. At Aaron Lewis225 from America. Howdy. Guys are at a couple of high-speed moments in the second moto. He went all in trying to pass Fevra. He's going to have a big one sooner than later. Thoughts on his willingness to risk it all when others are playing the long game? I don't feel like I noticed him really risking it all in the second moto, but I don't know if I'm wrong. Tom? No, I don't think I did either. I thought he was riding within himself, to be honest. He wasn't, it wasn't like some mad charge just to get onto the back of him. He just slowly like, wound Fevra in. Uh, yeah, he maybe risked it in the pass. Uh, it was obviously going considerable amount faster than him and around the outside it's always a risk that the rider can just come across and block your line and then you've got nowhere to go but I just don't think that Fever even knew that line was there and it was like the element of surprise and he was going probably 20 miles an hour faster than him so he had no chance at that point but maybe that was a little bit risky but other than that no I don't think he was I don't think it was very risky at all I guess this maybe comes from like it's the last lap just take second like why why goes so hard to win a moto that ultimately doesn't change much. I guess that's where he's kind of coming from. Yeah, but three points at the end of the season could be quite a lot in this case when he's going up against Jeffrey. That is true. That is true. At Daniel Smith, 94, is Jonas able to take a W this year? He looks like he's coming back to his old self. Does he have the pace? Uh, James? Well, if I'm saying that, Coldenoff and Sia are going to get a win this, this year. You can't rule out Jonas, I think he might get a moto win. Uh, I'm not sure about an overall. Uh, Tom? Yeah, I agree with that. Moto win. Not, I don't think he's got an overall. Uh, unless something goes his way, but yeah, definitely a moto win. He's got the speed for that. Well, I obviously called the moto win before the season started and we saw how good he was. So Jesus chink, Christ. Lewis. Um, get overall, your own show, mate. I have got my own show. I host this. Um, yeah, just on your own, about me and Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Overall. Oh, Lewis, what did you think, Lewis? Oh, Lewis, you're you know so what? good. Lewis, you're so handsome. We don't do, oh God, we don't do fun on this so show. right. Oh, yeah, sorry. Back to, uh, back to script. Honestly, this show has been the most intense podcast ever because I feel like I'm going lightheaded. I think Jonas gets an overall. Later in the season, I think Jonas gets an overall. Any specific track? Um... No, no, because I'm more going off of the fact that injuries are going to happen. I don't think right now, but I think that once a couple of guys drop out and then it kind of opens it, I'm kind of looking at when it opens up a little bit. Put it this way. If I've got to pick between Jonas and Coldenoff, I'm going Jonas to win an overall this year. Actually, uh, Tom, do that. Uh, You've got to pick between Jonas and Coldenoff. Who's more likely to win an overall? Yeah, I like Jonas's speed in that case. Uh, James, same. Hmm... I, I think just what from what I've seen at the moment, I would go Jonas, but just can't rule. Yeah, okay. I'm just going to shut up and just go Jonas. Move on. 
Okay, brilliant. <laughs> this is Liat. Ask Vice Anything. Uh, remember to shop Liat's extensive line at liat.com. At Leaford, with a question for James. Well, it's not for James, but you can answer it. <laughs> Don't want to make you feel that special. Okay. Is Bobby Bruce a better talent than his MXGB results say after Saturday? Pumped for him. I would also like to apologise about my 222 panic button question last week. Poor from me. Yeah, Leaford, <laughs> Leaford last week said, is it oh, time like to push that. a panic button for Crowley, which we uh, ripped him for, and now he understands why. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Fair play, though, for um, sending another question and, and actually putting your hands up. I like that. Fair play, Leaford. Um, yeah, I think, I think uh, from what we've seen with Bobby Bruce, even coming into this, this season, uh, Hands down, I think him and, and Charlie Heyman are two of the of the rising stars we've got in the UK. So, um, yeah, I, I forget what results are happening or anything else. These, these guys, the way that they're they're going, they're gonna, they've got a very very good future. I think the other thing what I like is the fact that he is on a gas gas and he's under Lee Tolan at ASA because. Uh, from the little I do know about the team is that Lee's not scared to throw in the support. And I can see if, if Lee's looking at this as a long-term, if, if hopefully he's, he's looking at this, is, is that he's building a team around Bobby. That's what I'd like to think. It'd no, be interesting to have no, a conversation. No, 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 no. He can't. No, no, no. Because Bobby needs to get into a European team. Lee's only going to do British. Like, if this is what pe- people are, this is what he's saying. Is Bobby Bruce going to be something internationally wise? Oh yeah, he, he'll he'll get picked up on the KTM program. No, no. Oh, ha- okay, you've just gone from you've just gone you've just gone from naught to one hundred. <laughs> yeah, but there's there's nothing saying that Lee won't go from British to to European. Well, to to, to go with that journey. Yeah, um, we Bobby Bruce is doing the Bobby Bruce is doing the full EMX one two five series this year. Yeah, but um, what I'm saying is after this year. I, I just think he's got good people around him in the moment. It seems to be working. What are you saying? What do you want from me, Lewis? What do you want? <laughs> but I don't understand what you're saying because I just told you that he's doing the full EMX 125 series this year. And you went, yeah, but next year. It's like, what? Yeah, but going forward. What, I'm you mean that, continue to do it? Yeah, I think he could continue to, to carry on in Europe. And it depends on, on where Lee's going with the team. What I'm saying... It, what I'm saying is like you've seen what like Eddie J. Wade, you know, that was probably the the closest we've seen, which is good to know that uh he's he looks like he's gonna make a real full recovery and coming back. But I think I think somebody sometimes these British riders need um a little bit of uh you know, the right people around them. I, I don't know Bobby Bruce that well. All I'm saying is that it seems to be going very, very well at the moment with what he's got around him. Whether that can continue with the right people around him and he can excel who knows I will say this I think that Bobby Bruce needs to do some sort of PR work because I don't think I think he needs to make his intentions quite clear on I want to be in the world championship I want to because I haven't I haven't seen any of that if you spoke to him though no but this is what I mean I feel like I feel like he needs to kind of get on a like get the PR side a bit nailed so that he appears on the radars of these European teams I think that's missing at the moment because right now it just he just kind of looks like a, a British one two five rider who's just having a go kind of thing. I yeah, think but let's needs... face it. Let, look at the tools what he's got available to him. Just look at some of the British media. Like, well, I mean, we're here. <laughs> well, yeah, but is that a case that you should be reaching out to him? I'm busy, James. I'm busy. 
Just saying, Lewis, just saying. Another thing, I should have reached out to Caroli as well for an interview. Another thing that I think needs noting as well, that, uh, Bobby's results in, in the MXGB, I think, which was what the question was comparing it to. He's on a one two five against in an MX2 class, so he's severely underpowered. <laughs> exactly. And he's still putting in results yeah. that are impressive. So um, he's almost like it's... It, on a, on a one two five. It's helping him because he's having to, he's having to battle literally tooth and nail every single race uh no like it can never have a rest sort of thing because he's always so like underpowered that the next guy's coming on a 250 and the next one and the next one so it's actually helping him i think for when it gets to the one two five races he's like well he's now he sort of paid his dues if that makes sense like he's struggled he's struggling away in england to try and find like a better level and the riders are bringing him on and then when he comes to this class in the one two fives, it's essentially it's just a group of kids to him. So I feel like he's it'll help his confidence and help him uh, be more successful around them. Like he's not going to be scared of uh, a fourteen year old on a one two five when he's got people that in the British that'll basically just clean you out for fun sort of thing. <laughs> Banging bars with Brad Anderson. Yeah, that's it. Like he's against Anderson and people like that. They're experienced people and uh, they're not going to take shit from a kid on a one two five. So he's got to learn to race like that, no. and that's gonna it's gonna show on as, as Bonacorsi found out. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna show on the European stage. Um, thank God Tom's here because James just spoke gibberish. I was negative and pointed out what's wrong. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, holding it down, holding yeah. it down. It's good that we got some middle ground. <laughs> We've got middle ground <laughs> at Bertie underscore VIB. Tom, this is just for you. You need to you need to do the brave thing and stand up and put your hand up here. Okay. Who is more surprised about Tony's speed? Lewis or Jeffrey? Tom, explain why explain what's happened here, please. Uh, my uh Lewis has been associated with my opinions of uh Tony not gonna be good enough to win a motel, but uh it appears that I was clearly wrong and uh Lewis is paying the brunt of it, so if everyone would uh continue to Blame Lewis for it. I'd appreciate it. Uh, so, yeah. Oh, that was expected. <laughs> so, I think Lewis is more surprised than, than Jeffrey, yeah. Going back to the question. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't have left. I almost skipped over that. <laughs> At Greg Wilcox, 28. Uh, real random selection of questions this week, but I, there were so many, but I didn't really have a time to like kind of make it so they flowed. Greg underscore Wilcox 28, a regular contributor to this segment, actually. Uh, if you had to pick an American Nations team now, who would it be? Tom? American Nations team would be uh, Cooper, because he deserves another shot on the MX2 bike. And I'd go Sexton. No, actually, I'd go Adam Cincerello and I'd go Barsha. Because with Barsha, he's, he always rises to the occasion and he's good. Um, and... With Cincerello, I'm a, a massive fan, and I feel like the speed, like we saw with Tomac a few years ago when he was ripping through people on a 250. I think that, I think honestly, you, you, Adam could get a start and win, and I don't think there's many other guys on that line that could. Uh, I would actually wet myself when when AC gets to do the nations. I would be very excited. James, it's a good day. <laughs> uh, you didn't actually say what you'd wet yourself with, but I think we've all got uh, a, a great idea of um, where you're going now. <laughs> uh, I would say uh, Webb in AC on 450s, and I would go 
two fifties, I would go. Hmm. I'll go Cooper. I was going to go Nichols, but I'll go Cooper. Uh, what? Nichols? Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. Whatever, Lewis. You penis. <laughs> Even Tom let out a little laugh there. <laughs> I like Nichols. Okay. Okay. I would go. No one cares. Presuming, obviously, high chance that Kawasaki stop AC from doing it. Yeah, but that's if they the don't, only AC. Yeah, like, obviously, you'd consider there's no way Tomac's doing it. There's no way Plessinger's doing it. Um, well, if Plessinger's staying at Yamaha now, then maybe he would. Actually, that's a good point. Yeah. But still, uh, AC, definitely 100%. Cooper, definitely 100%. Hmm. I want to go Barsha because he's proven at the Nations, but then I really like Sexton, and I think that would be a cool team. AC and Sexton on the same Nations team would be yeah. very cool. Uh, but then also, if Plessinger's around, I think Anderson deserves another shot after his uh, uh, episodes <laughs> landed on, and then uh, he was really he was really good in Aston. To be fair, actually, you know what? Yeah, he was. I forgot. I forgot he was even in Aston. That's I feel that's like fair, his uh, his persona. Fair enough. His persona. He loves to like rise to the occasion and prove people wrong, and like gives off like the like the doesn't care attitude. But in reality, he try you could see that he'd put in the prep for it when he did turn up at Assen and he was really good so he'd be a good one as well AC and Sexton on the Nations team would be very cool like together I feel like that would be a good vibe there'd be team. so much like, speed would, they would get a, like, there'd be a lot of attention oh can you imagine free practice <laughs> you two need to get a room <laughs> at Richard MX Brown final question it's been an experience I'll, I'll, I'll just take this that's what she said when will I be able to see results on the website without the need for a magnifying glass? Yes, Richard, MX Brown, I hear you. A new website coming soon. It looks good. I'm happy with it. It's going to change MXVice quite a lot. Like, No longer will it be a mission to find what you're looking for. You'll be able to type in MXVice.com and you'll see everything you could possibly want in one place. All organized and nice for you. So that's coming soon and that'll fix your issues. Yeah, we've got the new logo. We've got the new social media graphics, which uh, there's actually more social media newness coming this week but I need to get around to doing at some point but that's really cool as well and a new website coming so just you know step by step we're committed to excellence and keep striving for more in this world right oh we've got uh, we've got to give away a Lee at hat best question what about Leeford for the comeback of uh, getting it completely wrong and putting his hands up I like that yeah you owned it uh yeah okay let's go congrats at Leeford you've won a Lee at hat and also People, I don't write down where I found you. So I struggle to find you again after this segment. So if you hear that you want a Liat hat, please message me because I find it really hard to find you again. So please. Thank you. That's a public owner of a 1999 Ford Fiesta. Please make their car. <laughs> that was kind of that sort of um, Used to have one That was Liat Ask Vice Anything. Thanks to Liat, uh, Dave King. Obviously, you saw FNH Kawasaki running Liat gear. And the up boots at Matley Basin over the weekend. Matisse Brarame was very fast. Rowan van der Moestite was solid. And Mikkel Harrop had an eventful day. But you would have seen Liat gear on all of those. And actually, the minty, the mint color gear, I doubt that's the technical name of it, but uh, the mint color gear that they wear on a Kawasaki does look very smart. But um, yeah, that was Liat Ask Vice Anything. And known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. 
No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet with 360 turbine technology and free bulletproof velocity goggles, Liat has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on liat.com. Uh, and also, obviously, now we're going to go into MX2 talk quickly, but um, the MX5 show is brought to you by Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, KYB, Even Strokes, MXGP TV, Backyard Design UK, Asterix Knee Braces, Armour Nutrition, and Lenzel Oils. Right, MX2. Jesus Christ. I guess we start with the owl. Yes, everyone? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, obviously, that's the big news. Okay. So, just to bring everyone up to speed, uh, obviously, James, you didn't listen to this. James, please listen to this. It's 30 seconds, I beg you. Okay. This is what happened to Vial midweek last week. Tom did, the mo- he did, his, he did his moto. He yeah. was on the track. Okay. And Mosdijk did starts. And, and like you say, they, they moved over to that way and the track got pushed wider for whatever reason. Yeah. And, but, yeah, normally the guys who do the motos or who are on the main track, they shouldn't watch out. Yeah. If you do starts, you you need to be cautious, of course. And some somebody didn't pay attention, looks like, and uh, yeah, they hit each other head on. He said, "I saw something coming," and then he made already boom. So that's what happened to um, Tom Viao. Any questions, James? Yeah, what did he say at the end? And then they went boom. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you found that funny as well, Tom, because I was like, <laughs> and then they went boom. <laughs> Dirk also said that other factory riders who were there on a day didn't ride for the rest of the day because the crash was so big that they were shaken up. Other riders who weren't involved. So that kind of gives you um, a bit of insight. And Dirk did say he was very... For Tom to come away with a fracture in his hand is big. Like, bit as big as in, that's lucky. lucky. Yeah. It could have been so much worse. Yeah. So Tom Vial missed Matley Basin with that fractured hand. He tried to ride in free practice and just couldn't do it. I don't think it was ever really going to happen. Like, I, don't think, I think the doctor even said, like, chances are it's not going to be great. But he will try and ride in Majora. Dirk did explain that day by day it was making quite radical improvements. So that's something. So maybe he will be able to do Majora. But he's definitely not going to win Majora, I would say. Which means MX2, for the time being, is wide open. Let's start with this. So Tom comes back. It's let's, let's say, obviously you don't know, but let's say Tom comes back in Majora and he goes 11-11. So gets 22, no, that would be 20 points. Adds to his total a little bit, like reasonable. And then say for Oss, he's back to pretty much normal. Tom, do you think that Tom <laughs> can win the MX2 title still. Are you still considering him a firm title favourite? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think we've seen Prado do it in the past when he was head and shoulders above the competition. Um, he's, I think he actually missed Matley as well, didn't he? The same same sort of thing. I think his, was his a collarbone injury? Yeah, Matley, and Matley was the second round. Yeah, yeah so Matley was the second round. Right is, so, you know last week? Yeah. You know last week when I said about the whole... Uh, the last time that Herlins oh, yeah. uh, didn't, lose, didn't win a title for two years in a row and then the stars and the moon and everything. This is another one because Matley Basin was round two in 2019. Prado on a Red Bull KTM went 1-1 at the first round then missed the second round at Matley Basin went on to win a title and we've got exactly the same situation. Yeah. So the moon and the stars are all aligned. Anyway, go on Tom. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the path, the path room's there. Jesus Christ. He, he knows it can be done. The team know it can be done and 
obviously Prado was dominant. He he was very dominant in the first round, and I feel like the rest of the class is a little bit all over. So there's room for him to sort of make up them advantages pretty quickly. Like if he can get through Majora with, like you said, some the standard twenty points or whatever, he, he'd probably still be within a race, like a race amounts of points. If he's still if if he's within a fifty point range, I think it's very doable. Well, right now he is uh, 29 points down on Ruben Fernandez, and I don't think anyone's counting on Ruben Fernandez being consistent like the whole way. So, yeah, no, I, I agree. I, Tom is still my the only one. Even if Tom misses Majora, I will still place him up there as one of my title favorites. I think it'll change for me if he misses that. I think completely. he's that good. What would you write him off though? No, I wouldn't write him off. I just, I just say that the the chances are becoming a little bit more so like significantly less because then we have more data to go off all the other riders as well we'll see whether Renault can keep the form going or Fernandez can keep the speed and the like the good results going too so it'll be harder for him to to do so James what do you make of this conversation I think he could miss this round the round after and still win and and the reason I say that is because uh I think he's just so far in front of everybody else at the moment. And secondly, I think um, the, the riders who are behind him currently are just going to continue to take points off each other. Like one week, uh, they're going to get a second, and next week they're going to get an eighth. So uh, where, where with Tom, he's just, he's just going to be consistent. He's either going to win or get second. So uh, anyone else got anything else to say about Tom? I feel like there's not much else to say. We all think he's... Uh, right now, we're all still putting him as the title favourite. We'll see what happens this weekend. He's going to try and ride. That's definite. Uh, it's just one fracture in his hand. Uh, anyone else got anything else to say? No, nah, he's just he's just reminiscent of what Prado and Herlins have done previously. He's he is that in that mold at the moment. He's the guy to beat. Okay, so Maxime Renault. Obviously, there was a lot of hype going into the season. Everyone kind of expected this. Um, called in it. Called it. Called it. Did you, uh, Tom? Uh, <laughs> would you like to back me up here? Literally, I have no memory of you saying anything about Maxime Renault at any point. What, what you have? What did you call? Are Are you taking the piss, Lewis? Yes, even Tom has no idea. <laughs> Unbelievable! Anybody who listens to this podcast, what have I been saying about Maxime Renault? What have you been saying about Maxime Renault? Obviously, nothing. According to you, I'm just going to let the people uh, tweet. I'm not even going to. I'm going to shut up now. I'm just going to let the people tweet and message you, Lewis. No, I kind of like for the for the podcast and this conversation. You kind of need to explain. Oh, I'm shutting it down now. I'm shutting it down now. Okay, I don't really know how to proceed with this conversation. You, you don't have to. I'm just literally putting that statement out there. Knowing James, he probably predicted that Maxime Renault would win GPs this year, like, like everyone else in the world. And this counts as calling it <laughs> unbelievable. I might as well just go back to do some work. No, I've got a good fun thing for you in a minute. No, obviously everyone saw this. Everyone saw this coming and thought this was going to happen a lot through the year. Russia was a disaster, so this was a good way to put that in the rear view. Yeah, I think this isn't a surprise. You take Viao out, I think Renault is the second best rider in this class. Uh, agree, Tom? Yeah, I do. I do agree. Um, I think it, it just took him a while. Well, obviously he struggled, struggled in Russia, but I think now he's found his feet a bit. Um, he, looked, he looked really good. He moved forward when he needed to in the second race and he held his own when he was out front in the first one. So he's definitely the, the challenger for Vial if he comes back. You know what? He, like, I wonder whether we should question his consistency, but I think he can't. He was third in the championship last year, yeah. so you don't get that by being reckless. So like, 
maybe he can be on the podium basically the rest of the way and win this thing. Make it like make it tougher for Yao anyway. Yeah, I think that's the the whole the whole like consensus of Vial coming back. It'll be a lot easier for him if the rest of the class is so inconsistent. So if if Renault can be like up there every week, like you said, he's going to prolong the prolong the eventuality of Vial catching him if he continues the form that he showed. But he sort of stops the bleeding, doesn't it? If he's really consistent, and he might even come around to the point where he's he's competitive against him. Uh, Matteo Guadagnini was second. Uh, he said he was fourth in the first moto, and he at the end of that race he was really fast. I think he had the fastest lap of the race. He was the fastest man on track anyway at the end of moto one. So I think that gave him a lot of confidence going into moto two, and then he got the lead early on and literally just took off. Like there was, as far as first moto wins go, that was very um, uneventful. There was no real pressure. He just kind of rode around, didn't really do anything wrong, and uh, yeah. Brought it home, really. James, are you surprised? Like we all, okay. He got signed to Factory KTM. We all knew that he was going to be good eventually. He was going to win one day. Are you surprised it's come so fast? No, no. And I, I, I think I'm going to go. What I'm going to do for the rest of the week is I'm going to go through previous podcasts, probably the last twelve, and I'm going to get out the parts of Guadagini and also uh, Renault. Not surprised. Called it. Uh, as much as you've been on oh, so many wagons. Told it. Yeah. What did you say about me now? Yeah. So, um, yeah, definitely seen it. I think, I think the debate was that you said... Uh, Lewis definitely wasn't a, be Lewis wasn't a believer. No, he wasn't. Well, he and, wasn't. And, and the thing was, the, the talk was that he was too big for the KTM to win races. Well, who said that? You. No, I did not say that. You I would, did. I would, if, I, if I said that, I would quit my job right now because I'm clearly terrible at it. <laughs> it's fine, I accept. <laughs> I, 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 think I, I think what I said was he's an interesting signing for KTM because not win. I think what I said was he's an interesting signing for KTM because Vial, Prado, Hoffer, they've all been whole shot machines on a KTM, but they're all small. So this will be an interesting test to see if it's a bike or a combination of the bike and the small rider. So, like, how, if the KGM still gets whole shots with Guadagnini on it, then it's the bike clearly is just that superior. I never said anything about him, like him not being able to win on a KGM because he's too big, because I'm not senile. It's pretty much uh, the same thing. You've just dressed it up. How? Tom, pr- please <laughs> bring some bloody I do, I do remember. This. I do remember Don't your conversation like... of saying that he's, he's interesting because he's a different body st- like structure to all the other kids. That the starts? But... He has a. You were. I don't think you were very positive on his uh, his season at times. I think you were. You sort of wrote him off a little bit. I think no. I said he'd be. I said he'd be really fast and crash. Like I remember saying that Beniston would be the consistent guy who's there every week, and and Guadagnini will be really hot, but really cold, and like just all over the place. I think that's what I said. Well, the weekend was a role reversal. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. But um, Tom, same question to you. Like, obviously, everyone expected Guadagnini to win one day. Are you surprised it happened this early? Because I am a little bit. Yeah, I did expect it this season at some point, but I don't think this early. Um, I think it just all points back to again the KTM program. The just just the bike, the whole uh, picking up riders. That granted, he was second in the European Championship last year, but. 
he's just put him straight to the front of MX2. And the showings that he had in MX2 last year, they were all they were okay, but they were they were nowhere near um, where he is now. So obviously he's had a good off season, and that bike, or coupled up with that bike, and the program and everything, and it's just I think it's come together sooner than what I expected. It definitely. Right, let's play this game. So MX2 Championship is wide open now, way more than before. Ruben Fernandez, and we'll get to him, leads uh, by five points over Maxime Renault and Matisse Bramame. They're tied for second. Rowan van der Moestijk is fourth, 12 points back. Mattia Guardini is fifth, 13 points back. So, and then Tom Viao is 29 points back. So, all of those riders are in it. Uh, Hoff is sixth, but I don't think he's going to win a championship, but we will get to him. Do the same as MXGP, James, percentages on title chances. For the top three? No, no, no. (laughs) Percentages on like likeliness to win the title. You know how we did like Karoli 20, Hurling's 40, guys are 40, like that. Yeah, for MX2. That's what I've just asked. Yeah, but no, you said for the top three. (laughs) It's like any rider. Okay. Um, uh, Vial 90 um, and Renault 10. Okay, wow. That's okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no fun you say I'm no fun <laughs> yeah sorry but I, I, I just think as much as the the competition behind Viao is awesome and you know I'd love to see Renault sort of really like push it this year I just think Viao's got too much I think Viao's going to win the championship this year and go up to 450 next year that's how that, it's just ridiculous how good that kid is uh, Tom same question to you uh, I think um, 50% Vial, um, 30% Renault, 10% still with Yago. Um, I think people are forgetting like the how good he was last year. I know something's going on with his knee and things like that, but um, yeah, what have I got? 10% left. I'll give uh, Moosdijk and Fernandez five each. I think I have 10% left on it. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I, I think I can't remember. What, what did you say you gave Kurtz? 10. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Then you had 10% left then. I will go. Not anyone else. I will go. Vial 75 at the moment. That will come down if he does terrible in Majora. Vial 75. Renault 10. Most Dyke 5. Gertz five and beaten five. That's what I'm doing. Um, I, I, beaten in there is a bit of a wild pick, but he has been fast. And if injury, yeah. if other guys have problems, like I'm not thinking that Fernandez is going to be consistent. Like he's going to give up points. I'm not thinking that Guarame is going to be consistent. Uh, so I feel like if things, it is it beaten would be in this right now if he didn't crash out of Moto One in um Britain. So I'm kind of thinking that maybe there is something there. But uh, moving on to Fernandez. So, hands, who, James, on a scale of one to 10, how likely is 10 being most likely or 10 being definite or whatever? I don't know. How likely is it that Fernandez continues in his current form? Uh, I think at eight. I, th- I think we've seen, uh, I've seen enough last year to, um, you know, see the improvements he made. Then on the the one one four with Sorby and 
the resources he's got around him with with HRC. Um, I think he's he's basically shown what he can do, and I, I think he's got you know the right tools for the for it now. And I think we'll see more of it throughout the rest of the year. I think if he can stay injury free, which he seemed to have done yet last year, I think um, yeah, I I I I fully see him finishing uh, top four overall in the championship. Okay. Can he win the title? It's a yes or no question. No, not with Yao, no. Uh, Tom, same question. Yes or no question. Can Fernandez win the title? No, I think next year, maybe. Not this year. Okay, I'm a firm no as well. So look at us, just all bunch of negative people. But I, you say I shit on Guadagnini. Adam, I shit all over Fernandez pre-season. You, you were I, terrible. If you told me that he'd finished on the podium once, I'd have been like, uh, all right. Drunk, mental, not a chance. I, 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 there is not a, I thought he would be eighth, ninth, tenth, literally riding around, wouldn't even get mentioned on this podcast. That's the level I expected. Tom, coming into the season, what did you think Fernandez was going to do? Like, did you feel, did you think anything close to this? Uh, not, not close to this because I think he shocked me, but I did think he'd be better than where you had him just because the speed that he showed last year, obviously, he took a jump up. And as I've said on other podcasts before, like people take steps in speed and then they, they find the crashes because they can't control it yet. Whereas obviously he's had a, a level, like an upgrade in teams. And if he can find that same speed and then have a winter to work on it and like find the stability of that speed, he's not going to crash his brains out all the time while going the same speed. So yeah, I think, I think I thought it, I thought it'd improve and. I thought it'd continue to improve because it's hard to hard to be. It's hard to find. It's harder to find speed than it is the consistency. And I think in the winter he's found the consistency, obviously. So he showed that through the first four motors. And yeah, I didn't think he'd be holding the red plate two rounds in, but I thought it'd be like sort of top five ish. Right, uh, being swift with this class, two right the two riders that impressed me the most, Simon Lagenfelder and Rene Hoffer. Out of those two, James, who impressed you the most? I think uh, Lagenfelder had uh, uh, a really nice return uh, after being out for so long. However, even when uh, Hoffer's first race... He, he, raced, he raced Russia. I, I was talking in Batley. So from what I've seen, I, don't get me wrong, there's watching Russia and then there's watching actual riders going around a track with your eyes. Um, and I would say that I think Hoffer is the one that's impressed me so far. You just said Lagenfelder. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, I thought of Lagenfelder. <laughs> I thought he looked good. Um, I but... like... <laughs> Sorry, go on. No, it's fine. You crack on. <laughs> no, it's funny. It's... <laughs> I feel like you were basically where I was on the Hoffer-Lagenfelder split. But the thing is, do you want to know a fun fact, actually? I've been meaning to say this for weeks. Gifton is 517 and Lagenfelder is 516. What are the chances that a team gets two riders with numbers next to each other so high up in the 500s? Maybe that's what I should It does look, re- well, like, it looks really good under the like, awning as well. Like when I walked, walked past the truck on the weekend and I, I looked and I, I picked up on that and I was like, oh yeah, that actually looks really cool. Like, like them both bikes next to each other and they're both like one number apart. But you'd think it was like made on purpose, yeah. but it's just naturally the numbers that they've both grown up with. Yeah. What are the chances? 
Hoffa, Hoffa, I think Hoffa is going to be something really good. I genuinely, hand on my heart, Hoffa is going to be something really good. Tom, what, are you similar on the hype level or less? No, I, I, I agree. I think he's a bit like, he's a bit like scrappy, isn't he? Like he's always, like he'll not just give in. Like in the first moto, he was lapped down and he still ran the same pace as uh, Renault after he'd passed him and just showed that he can do it. And I think that proved a lot to himself. Um, so then obviously he knew for the second one, he just has to do the same, but actually be on the lead lap and get a good start and go with them. And that's what he did. So it was, yeah, a lot better. Uh, James? Yes. In the uh, Fly Racing post-race podcast, mm-hmm. Dirk Brubel said that Hoffer doesn't have the talent of a Prado or a Vial, but he's just as valuable because he's scrappy and he's such a fighter. Does it surprise you that he actually said that, that about him not having the same talent? <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of a bit dispatching, really, isn't it? It's like, yeah, he's he's quite shit, but at least he's a scrapper. <laughs> I don't, I don't think he meant. I don't think he meant he was shit. I think he meant he didn't have the same talent, but he's like a bit off. I don't know. I mean, that was like the German equivalent. Yeah, like thanks for turning up. You're a bit of a scrapper. You can stay around. No, no, but he meant like he meant he's valuable to them in the way. Like he's gonna be just as good because he's got the. Well, he's making, making up the numbers. Well, it's Carmichael. No, it's Carmichael. It's no different to Carmichael. Carmichael, everyone says it. Yeah. Carmichael didn't have natural talent at all, but he made up for it through hard work and being that kind of guy. And it sounds like Hoffer is basically, I mean, I'm basically saying he's the same as Carmichael. <laughs> when, when you explain it like that, it sounds so much better, but I don't think it came across that way when Dirk said it. Well, maybe I, maybe I re-explained what he said slightly wrong. But um, no, I think Hoffer will win the GP this year. Uh, yes or no, James? Uh, I'm going to go... I don't know, actually, because I was quite impressed with what I've seen at Matley. The thing like... is, though, I say that, but I'm forgetting that Vial's going to come back. Yeah, and, and that's the issue. W- one thing I was going to say, which I was trying to, but got confused, was that I, I think it was in race one when Hoffa went down, but basically, when he got lapped, he basically stayed with him. He stayed with Renault for pretty much, I think it was about six or seven laps. And then eventually, when uh, everybody started closing up, he just let the other four, uh, who were second, third, fourth, and fifth, come through. But up to that point, Hoffer was showing the same speed as first, which was Renault. So that, that impressed me more than actually his second uh, race. So, um, yeah, I, I, I like what I've seen. Whether he'd win a race with Vial, no, I just think Vial's going to come back and just destroy everybody. Okay, moving on, moving quickly into MX2, uh, Tom. Uh, most uh, outside of the riders we've already talked about, most impressive rider for you in MX2 at Matterley? Uh, other than, oh, I'm trying to think. Wilson Todd was good. Uh, it, went, it was very under the radar. Um, he, he's, I don't think he got good starts, but he was just sort of there. Um, on the other hand, <laughs> Bastian Bodam actually did surprise me. I know on previous podcasts we had a tweet about him. Um, I think someone tweeted us saying that he'd be top 10 on hard pack and then top three in the sand. And we sort of laughed it off as if it was like madness. But he, he's actually ran really well. Um, I think in the first moto. Anyway, he finished 11th in the first moto, but he was up there in both starts. And you just think like, he's obviously done a lot. And the guy who tweeted us, I can't remember his name, but obviously he knew He''d seen some, seen some Dan signs. Blackham. Yeah, he'd seen something um, that obviously we hadn't. 
and yeah, fair play to him. He um, he did really good. Well, I need to look up this stat because this this might be a first. Bastian Bodam, tenth overall with an eleven sixteen. He should have gone and buy a lottery ticket with that sort of luck. And actually, maybe that's why I'm not quite as like impressed because I'm like, well, really, that should have been a fourteenth overall in like a normal situation, you know. Yeah. So maybe that's why it doesn't kind of jump out to me until I look at the overall results. I don't know. James, same question to you. Outside the riders we've already talked about, who stood out to you the most, either good or bad, actually? I was kind of... I I had no idea who Dambo was. It was like, where the hell did this guy come from? So I've got to be honest. um, Either him or... I'm really surprised about the um, how good Adria uh, Andrea Adamo um, is. Like, I, I genuinely didn't think he would be this good. Like, we watched him in, in the MX 150 and come through, but I can't believe you know he's he's got to his, this level like you know so far. So I got to be honest, it's, it'd be between the, the two of them. Um, the other one I would say is Taylor Hamill. Yeah, I like, agree with that. You know, again, the, 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 his progress over the last couple of years is, Jesus, I've, I don't think I've seen a rider, I would say in an 18-month period, develop as well as he has. Dickinson I mean, deserves a shot. I can't out, think so. of an... Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. I, I would say... I would say, like, if you, if you said Fernandez. Dickinson and Hamill, I can't think of too many riders outside of that who have, who have developed as much as they have over 18 months. Can you guys think of any? No, I'm out. No, it's good, it's good that the, the British lads were doing well on home soil as well, um, just to sort of give all like, the fans like hope. You know, like you see, the, you see, well, the fans might see British championships and things like that, and they think, oh yeah, it's good, but where do they actually fit in in like a, a Grand Prix scale? And Taylor and Ashton have obviously showed that um, our championship and the British championships are actually quite strong because them guys are at the front of that and they're a sort of 10 to 15 in the Grand Prix as well. Right, moving on. Rapid fire a little bit. Gertz is obviously still dealing with that knee injury, but it could be so much better because he had a seventh in a moto at Matali and a sixth, I think, in a moto at, in Russia. But in the other two motos, he um, scored four points and zero because he crashed himself. Nothing to do really with the knee. So a leopard doesn't maybe change its spots. And he, like, he could be in a much, much, much stronger position now uh, had it not been for those mistakes. So I guess what I'm saying is it's not all down to the knee, but obviously that is hindering him a lot because he's not really there in the fight for the, um, for the wins at the moment. But he will be eventually. Uh, Mikkel Harrop crashed out at a... Second race, but he's okay. Uh, the medics rushed to him, but he's okay. Beaten, crashed out at the first race, but he's okay. He'll be okay. He was obviously very sore and battered and bruised, but he will be okay. Comrade Muse, I guess, we need to talk about. Um, just bad starts, really. Outside of the top 20 both times. Qualified okay. Outside of the top 20 both times. And yeah, just it, it didn't happen. I mean, I guess there's not really anything else to say, is there? Unless anyone's got anything. Well. It's interesting 
that you said about Gertz and then you say about Conrad because I I look at Gertz and uh, yeah you're saying you're saying that he's he's got he's carrying a knee injury but the mistake he made when he just literally came down on the corner just come back onto the start straight he literally just the the front just kind of like washed out and he it in it was just like it was like watching an amateur trying to pick up the bike he's like oh what was what side should I go to to get a bike. Gertz, to me at the moment, just looks like somebody who is just lacking a huge amount of confidence. Um, as well as he's obviously, if he's got this knee problem as well, but the confidence seems to be a massive, massive issue. And, and with Conrad as well, I, I, I don't know. You know, I know Conrad. I've not asked the question, but I have um, no idea what's up with Conrad because at the start of the year, his British showing was phenomenal and the speed he was showing was phenomenal and, and whether it's it's just putting that together in a, in a gp it's his first gp back um he's going to be nervous he's gonna like you say the starts hindered him i think i i've seen a lot of shit online and everybody's on conrad's back and it's just like give the kid a break he's gonna come good and i think it's just gonna be a case of uh he will get there he, he will be back in that top five soon Thoughts, Tom? This? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, well, last week I said on the podcast that he could come out and win, or he could come out and struggle. And I think with it being his first GP of the year, um, yeah, he obviously struggled a little bit with starts. And if you're not in a position, and the the class is competitive, but it just didn't seem to move forward. He had like a mid motor slump, and then towards the end, it was like he come alive a little bit, but. Uh, whether it was just being his first Grand Prix of the year and he was nervous for it or whatever, it's just, yeah, I think eventually he'll get there. Um, I think he's got another year in MX2. So it, it's another shot to go for the title, I guess, but it's just about podiums and Grand Prix wins at the moment, I think now. Like, there's no, he's out of the championship, so there's nothing to lose in that sense. So just go for the, like the glory on week week to week basis. Are we all. Happy that MX2 is wrapped up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. Okay, that has been part two of episode 74 of the MX5 show. Uh, thanks, as always, to Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Moto Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, KYB, Even Strokes, MXGP TV, Backyard Design UK, Asterix Knee Braces, Armour Nutrition, and Blenzel Oils. Part two was obviously presented by Technical Touch, with an air oil separated closed cartridge design that is well known in the MX world, the KYB factory kit suspension from our friends at Technical Touch was perfected on one of the toughest tracks in the MXGP series. You too can experience the best in suspension, like Jeremy Sewer and Ben Watson, the Ben Watson, and close to home too. Visit technical-touch.com slash KYB-authorized-dealer to find an authorized KYB by Technical Touch dealer in your home country. It will be closer to your house than you may first think. That's technical-touch.com slash KYB-authorized-dealer, authorized with a Z. Take your ride to the next level. Choose KYB by Technical Touch. Uh, that's part two. We will be back with Armour You Smarter Than a Birth, head-to-head, MX Manager Talk, Blenzel Performance of the Week, Predicted, and then we're done. So, right, we'll be back in a minute. See you in a bit. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. 
known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, LIAC continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with free LIAC bulletproof velocity goggles, LIAC has you covered. Shop LIAC's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com. For over 60 years, Blenzel Racing Caster has been the secret choice for many championship-winning riders and engine builders. From top tuners like Terry Varner and factory-level riders like Michael Essie, who won the 2020 two-stroke world championship using Blenzel, nothing out-lubricates or outperforms Blenzel's full line of caster-based two-stroke oil. From the original green label racing caster to the 455 Ultra or the versatile gold label, Blenzel has you covered. To learn more about Blenzel's rich heritage or to shop Blenzel's full line of 2T and 4T racing lubricants, visit Blenzel.com and follow them at Blenzel on Instagram. Instagram. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to part three of episode 74 of the MX Vice Show. We're just wrapping up, or we have wrapped up, the MXGP of Great Britain. And now James will be pleased to hear things will get a little bit funner because we've got Armour You Smarter Than a Birth uh, coming up, which, I mean, as we found out many times now, a lot of people armour You Smarter Than a Birth, which again doesn't make sense, but hey ho. But we'll see today, because the questions, I have to say, James, who hasn't had a right answer in 15 questions, today could be his day, but we will see. Before we get to that, I must, uh, I must inform you all that part three of the MX Vice show is presented by Prox Performance Parts. The final part of the MX Vice show is brought to you by Prox Performance Parts, who supply genuine replacement products which meet or even exceed OEM quality. All parts are manufactured to highest quality standard at state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities around the world, hence why everything that Prox Racing Parts offer exceeds the highest level requirements for all motocross riders require. Many of the Prox parts are actually made by the same suppliers to the OEMs. Head to pro-x.com now to learn more. As always, if you're not factory and you want to be close to factory, choose Prox. That's simple. FNH Kawasaki, Honda SR, JM Racing, and many others in the paddock. Choose Prox because really... What other choice do they have? You're going to choose the best, you choose Prox. It's that very simple. Before we get into the game, I obviously did the Planet Motor Bombshell as Stry was having the sixth fastest lap time. Do either, I know this went terribly last week, but do either of you have a bombshell that you'd like to drop of your own? James? Uh, no. Okay, thank you. I thought you... Tom, bomb, any bombshells you'd like to what drop? What about the uh, the MX125 class where the a rider crashed and caused a red flag, and then still the result stood, and he podiumed overall? Is that not a bit of a bombshell? Well, I'll be honest. I was in the pits while that was going on, and I don't really, <laughs> I'm not really got a good grasp on the situation. Me neither. But there was, it was just all a bit like confusion, wasn't it? And then all of a sudden, it was like, oh yeah, the rider that crashed. I hope he's okay anyway. I know it was quite a serious crash. But. Actually, I left that. Someone sent that. Someone sent a question asking how that rider was. I did a little research. Is, is Zanke? Um, I'm just, uh, just going to see if there's any, another update. Um, yeah, it was Zan, Zanke, Zanchi. The team put out hopefully no serious injury after his big crash in race two. The weight, I don't know, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but that sounds quite like not too much of a worry. I don't know. But Zankini has been has been updating his Instagram stories. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, to be honest. He hasn't put anything out himself. Um, the team hasn't put anything out, but, yeah. 
stay tuned, I guess. I will uh, monitor that situation closely. But, yep, there you go. <laughs> That is your second Planet Motor Bombshell of DMX Vice Show. Escaping everyday life and riding in Spain has never been better, and you can still experience that right now. Planet Moto have packages available for 2022 at this very second, so get on board, uh, figure out your winter holiday plans, whether you're pro, amateur, just in it for a laugh. Like There's a lot you can get from Planet Moto, especially if you're interested in the Planet Moto Academy as well. Uh, visit planetmoto.co for more. Right then. Armour, you smarter than a birth time. James, ready? Born ready. Feeling okay? Good, feeling good. Confidence? Not very confident. Would you, are you just hoping to get one question right this time? I'm just hoping to get this done and finished. Okay, that's the spirit. Armour is an action and adventure lifestyle-driven brand founded by action sports industry veterans. Armour recognised a void in the marketplace and created a complete line of nutritional supplements formulated especially to help athletes and enthusiasts of all levels realize their maximum potential. Armour's products were developed and tested in real-world conditions by an all-star team of athlete owners that includes Jeremy McGrath, Chad Reed, and Nick Way. Armour Sport is now available in Europe, and as always, we will share a link alongside the show this week, so just check our social media channels for that. Leave nothing on the table. Choose Armour. How many points will James Burfield leave on the table today? Let's find out. He may even surprise, get points, and take a win. That would Warren, a third Planet Moto bombshell. I've got the sound ready. Right, as last week, person with the most points at the end of the five questions wins. Tom, you answer first. No, James, you answer first. Then you, Tom. Ready? Everyone ready? Yep. yep, ready. Right. Question one. How many GPs has Antonio Caroli won in his career now? James? How many GPs? I'm going to go... I'm wondering Uh, what's going on in your head right now. How many GPs has he won? Uh, 89. No, 92. Okay, Tom? 93. 93 is correct. Wow. How, was that completely a random guess? Yeah, because <laughs> no, I, I, I knew that we were talking ages ago about whether he'd make 100 or not. So you just went close to that, but not too close, because obviously yeah. if he was on 99, and it would be obvious he's going to make 100. Yeah, how the fuck did you know that, Tom? Uh, it was his Instagram caption. It's a round. Uh, it, was like, in, it, it wasn't was in a trick Italian question. I put it in yeah. because it's been on... Yeah, it's been a big thing, isn't it? Yeah, like I put it in because it's been around on like Facebook and Twitter and like so I just thought, you know. Right, one nil heading into question two. All to play for, James. Don't get disheartened. Are you ready? Oh yeah. Okay, you sound very excited. Who was the last Honda rider to have the red plate in MX2? Who is the last what? Honda rider to have the red plate in MX2. Uh Tim Geyser. Uh Tom. Say Geyser. Uh, you both get a point. James, that's your first point. Yes! In 17 questions. Yes! Hold on. I must have a sound here for you somewhere. What have I got? I must have something here to celebrate. <laughs> well done. Thank you. No Thank worries. You. That was a long drought, but we made it. 
Who knows? Now use that confidence and go on and win the game. Who you knows? believe in you? Question. <laughs> question. <laughs> fresh. <three. laughs> they start to they start to get a bit harder now. Question three, James. Yeah. What country? <laughs> what country is Julian Vander Awera from? <laughs> Julian Vanderwera. Vander Awera. Vander Awera. Fuck yeah. I'm gonna need a quick answer. Uh <laughs> well he sounds Dutch, but I'm gonna go uh South African. Okay. Uh Tom? I'll go Dutch. Ooh, I feel like it's Dougie. a trick question. You're a Dougie, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Tom. I, I said Dutch. Is it a trick okay, question? James, please, we're trying to play a game. Oh, did you say Dutch? I didn't hear yeah. you. The answer was Belgian. Oh. I don't know why you both thought it sounded Dutch. I don't know oh, why. Does that sound Dutch? Question. Oh, no. Why does it sound Dutch, though? Like, I what about it? it? Awera? Well, Vander. Oh. Yeah, Vander, yeah. Why would okay. you not think it's Dutch? You not well because it's not Vander like yeah, Vander Moustang. It's Vander is in one word. Oh, okay. When it's like the Vander, it's usually like Vander. Yeah, like when it's two words, it's usually Dutch in it. But if it's like Van, then it's like Belgium yeah. or like something like that. I I thought it was two words. Well, it's still two one. Moving forward. So question four. Question four. Maxime Renault won the overall at Matterley. I hope you both know that. How many other French riders have won the MX2 overall at that track? I just need a number. And each individual rider. So, like, if one French rider won twice, that counts as one, obviously. Like, uh, I'm going to go... Uh, five. Okay. Tom? I'll go for complete guess. Right, you ready for this? Hold on to your hats. He is the first French rider to win in MX2 at Matty Basin. Oh, really? Wow. I'd have thought, I'd have and thought not only Mustang that, could have done it. Yeah. Not, not only that, though. Not only that, there's been no French winner in MXGP either. Right. Wow. That, that's ridiculous. I am I am actually holding my hat right now. Haven't we all learned something today? They won in 2015 yep. when February was. He won a moto. Uh, if ever won a moto, uh, Crowley uh, won the overall. I wonder what's going on in my house. Question five. Probably a burglar. Well, I don't know. I am here alone, so I am wondering. Because this isn't... All right, anyway. Question five. Uh, it's... 2-1 still. So it's so, still in buggy. Question 5. 2-1. This question is worth... I'm going to say this question is worth two points. <laughs> so, do, you, do you at least want to go downstairs and check on Dougie? He sounds okay. in distress. Oh, okay. Wait. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll start back with question 5. Give me a minute. Poor, poor little Dougie. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> oh, is it as if the dog's going to turn around and say, well, I heard a noise out there. Fucking <laughs> hell. <laughs> Poor fucking dog. Question five. It's 2-1. I am going to say this question counts for two points, meaning if Tom gets it wrong and James gets it you right, James winner, wins. James. Basically making it a bit more interesting. Yeah. So, all the marbles. 
What marbles? All of them. All of them. Well, I thought it was motocross, not marbles. Okay. Question five. Mattia Guadagnini is the sixth different Italian to win an MX2 moto. Name at least four of the other riders. James? Actually, let me play the little... I'll give you some time. Okay. Got something for me, James? Well, I want, do you remember what the question was? Yeah, how many uh, Italians have won MX2? Moto. Moto. Mattia Guadagnini is the sixth. Uh, I can only think of three. Well, throw them to us. Uh, Philip Hartz. Yep. Uh, Caroli. Um, Your third one? Uh, the third one was Gennari. Okay. Uh, Tom. Kyodi. <laughs> okay, James, James gets two points, but also that's kind of ruined because now yeah. Tom knows the answer. <laughs> knows four of them. I only had four anyway. I had Kyodi, Caroli, Guadagnini, and Philippat. Okay, so, okay, I kind of, we need to work on a better format for this yeah, game because. That, that, <laughs> 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 because if Tom didn't know no. it, then James's knowledge was just giving it away. But either way. Tom had four anyway, so I guess we're all... <laughs> Who was the other one you said? We can, Guineri. We can all rest easy. <laughs> yeah, Guineri. Uh, when did he win? Yeah. Guineri? I'm not up on... Uh, he won loads no, of GP. Okay, maybe not loads of GPs. I'm not up GPs. on past Italian winners. It's before my time. Me too. I was just trying to fig- figure... I was just plucking <laughs> things out there. Well, I feel like that ended on a bit of a... Yeah, we need a, we a, need a better system A bit for of that. a downer, but... Um, yeah, I think so. But uh, I think what I will do what I said, and we'll put cameras on, and then you can like hold it up, or write or write in a chat at the same time or something. Yeah, like we'll do that. Okay. Well, well, that's been armor. You smarter than a bird. <laughs> yeah, complete <laughs> cock up. I hope everyone enjoyed that. <laughs> we could strike it from the record, but it was your first point in fifteen questions, James. Yeah, so I I'm imagine you wanted to point. count. Yeah, I'm yeah. happy with a point. I'm not well, you had three point. points. Oh, three points. Yeah, I'm happy with three points. Yeah. There's no winners and losers there. Three points is three points. All right, moving swiftly on. Uh, Lens all performance of the week predicted. James, you said Jeffrey Hurling's 1-1. I did. That went completely wrong. Tom, you said Ben uh, top six in a moto. Close, but no cigar. I oh, God. said... Fevra wins a moto and Jesus Christ was I close can you imagine we didn't never heard the it end of that all I was thinking about in that second moto really yeah all I was thinking about so yeah no points so, <laughs> so this game also so far there's been one point <laughs> in, in three weeks so that's another one that um, it's just maybe these three things okay uh, going into this weekend we've got Redbud and MXGP of Italy First MXGP in America doubleheader in a while. Well, this year. James, your Blenzel performance of the week predicted. 
Uh, I predict that Guadagini will take the overall once again. Well, he didn't win the overall anyway. Do you not? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maxime Renault did. Oh, okay. So Guadagini will take the overall in Italy. Okay, so you just want to sh- cross out the once again part. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's fair. That's I would accept that. That's quite out. That's quite out there. Like obviously, first overall win in front of home crowd. That'd be quite a big deal. Yeah, one thousand people are allowed in. Is that it? Yep. I guess that will look mass. That will look like a massive crowd at Majora. <laughs> Tom, your prediction for the weekend? Anything? I'll uh, I'll bounce off James's Adam Cincerello one one, and we'll take it into Redbud. Ooh, good shout. Seen That's as, a proper strategic seen, play. Seen as though he was so close before, I feel like this is the weekend. Yeah, that was close. Yeah, it's coming. It's, it's coming. It's, yeah, That's a, That is a strategic play to take something that James had and failed on and trying to turn it, flip it into your advantage. Wow, what a, <laughs> we've got some real strategies going on here. Well, it's, a, it's host against go. co-host, isn't it? So we're, we're a team. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, we're doubling down. I will go. What will I go? What will I go? Fever winning the motor was. I almost want to go that again now. Um, I yeah, will go. He's going to do well with that, isn't he? So Tom Vial on the podium. That's that's. He's going. Of course, he's going to do that. It depends. It depends what? how bad the injury is. It? Eight days after a fractured hand. Exactly. It's a risk. He might not even be able to race. He didn't race two days ago. I don't know. Well, you don't want me to have that. No, I think that's fair enough. Okay, uh, I, I'm serious. Do you think if Tom if Tom's happy with it, I'm happy? Yeah, because it, it, if it's okay. a fractured if it's well, a fractured hand and he couldn't he literally couldn't ride two days ago, so to put to go from not being able to complete practice to on the podium is quite a big jump. And at the moment, he's just going to try and ride, so it's not even like 100 yeah. percent he's even riding. Are you are you comfortable with that, James? Yeah, I'm comfortable. So, like I said, we're acting as a team here, so uh, I will go with my uh, co-host. Okay, we'll lock that in. Um, we'll see if there actually will be a point this week. So that was Blenzel Performance of the Week predicted. For over 60 years, Blenzel Racing Castor Oil has been a secret choice for many championship-winning riders and engine builders. From top juniors like Terry Varner and factory-level riders like Michael Essie, who won the 2022 Stroke World Championship using Blenzel, Nothing outlubricates or outperforms Blenzel's full line of caster-based two-stroke oil. From the original green label Racing Caster to the 455 Ultra or the versatile gold label, Blenzel has you covered. To learn more about Blenzel's rich heritage or to shop for Blenzel's full line of two-stroke and four-stroke racing lubricants, visit Blenzel.com and follow at Blenzel on Instagram. That's Blenzel.com and at Blenzel on Instagram. So that's Blenzel Performance of the Week predicted. I feel like, like you know the whole host versus co-host thing? Yeah. Yeah. Host versus co-host versus fan. Which fan which no? fan are you gonna pick yes. though? Because then there can be like so many uh multiple. Yeah. Um I, uh, I dunno, okay, maybe that needs a rethink as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably keep that keep keep those little ones inside your head. Right. Keep, keep, thought and through. Uh this is the MXY show, and as always, we'd like to thank Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, KYB, Even Strokes, MXGP TV, Backyard Design UK, Asterix Knee Braces, Armor Nutrition, and Blenzel Oils. Speaking of even strokes, let's move on to even you can win fantasy with the with the MXY show fantasy talk stroke. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha
James. It's just poor. <laughs> well, I was try- I was actually trying to think of a name yesterday because even Strokes Fantasy Talk is just boring. I came up with something like um, I can't remember what I came. I don't have anything at the moment, but we'll we'll get there. Uh, James, speaking of poor, how did you do an MX Manager over the weekend? Uh, I don't think it was great. I actually um, I-, I got some points. A lot of people did actually think I, I actually won. So um, Birthmania actually took the win, which was which was nice. Uh, who knew someone wanted to name a team after me and won? When it's something like Birthmania, Lewis sucks. Yeah, the winner was Birthmania, Lewis sucks. Yeah, great name. I mean, I know I, I don't know if I should really have to ask this, but could you please pull up MX Manager and see what your result was, rather than telling us that you don't think it was great? <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, my laptop's died, so uh, off the so you top have of a my, mobile. <laughs> off the top of my head, it was on last week's show, and I didn't change it, so I, I think I went um, with the cheap picks. What I did. And I still had 2.6 million remaining, so I forgot to update the team. <laughs> What's your team name? Uh, Lewis Sucks. Okay, please hold. Uh, Tom, how did you do while I look up James's results? Awfully. Um, I was, what was I on the weekend? 322nd, I think I got, which is not really a good weekend. I think I might have beat you. Yeah, it wasn't a good showing. My, my, my riders need to pull themselves together. We, uh, we, we Tom, don't ask Lewis how he got on. I've I've seen the overall results. Um, Jesus Christ! I don't think we can handle that just yet. No, James. What? You're not in the results. <laughs> what? <laughs> You're not in. If your team is wait, is it Lewis sucks? One word. Yeah. Oh, hold on. I was doing two words. Lewis. Oh, here you are. Uh, wait, is this round two or just round one? No, round two. Here we go. Right, James, you got. Where is he? Lost him again. 216th with 42 points. So yeah, oh, 10 up on Tom. Beat me. That was a bad There we go. And I still had 2.6 million in the, in the bank. <laughs> so that's in the game of, in the game of um, Tom versus James. Tom won armor, you smarter than a berth. There were no points for anyone in the Blenzel performance of the week. And now it's 1-0 to James off of MX Manager. So you're on one all. I feel like it's just trying to cause hassle here between me and Tom. We actually get on very well. Causing a rival. Um, and it's not about Tom versus James. Yeah. It's like, don't force well, it, Lewis. There's no well, need. We're all friends well, here. Well, you went at it like alley cats earlier. So, um, Well, if that's your, your, your <laughs> definition of alley cats, then I've never been described uh, as an alley see you cat. in a confrontation. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Um, I finished 28th at Matterley. No one cares. With 56 points. No one um, cares. I had Ben Watson. The Watson wagon pulled through for me, as I knew it would. Didn't have a single doubt in my mind. Glenn Coldenoff I had. That was a solid amount of points as well. Henry Jacoby, who came back for some points in Moto2 at least. And Petr Petrov, who got zero, but hey-ho. Ben, Glenn. <laughs> ben, Glenn and Henry had already um, pulled through for me. I'm quite surprised you got that many points with those guys. Well. Uh, ben was um, 20. 21 points. Yeah. Coldnoff was like 26 or something. Um, oh, actually, I think he had a bit more than that. Didn't he have like 29? Hold on. I'll get it. I've had it up a minute. Uh, 28. 28. And then yeah. Jacoby got me another seven. So, oh, okay. So was that 56? Uh, yeah. Okay. That's but most bad. importantly, I am now fourth in the overall championship. Just six points down on the current leader. Wow. Uh, we have a Frenchman it. leading from a Swedish person, from a Dutch person, from me, bringing it home for the UK, and then Italy in fifth. So actually, 
there are five different nationalities in the top five. Amazing. Sixth place is France, so that's two for France. Seventh place is Spain, another Spanish, uh, another nationality. Eighth, Danielle from the United Kingdom, so another British person. Then we have Australia coming in in ninth. And then a couple of Americans. Uh, shout out to Cade Clayson, who is 14th in the uh, overall rankings. That's not a bad shout. Well done, Cade. Right. The picks aren't up for this week yet, so we can't discuss those. Um, okay. <laughs> you kind of messed that up, haven't you? So, <laughs> so should we call it a day? <laughs> any, uh, so any, any MX manager thoughts that you'd like to get off your chest? Uh, no. Um, what, what deals have you got on at even strokes at the moment, James, seeing as you're bringing us this segment? Well, it, interestingly, uh, Lewis, we've just started our summer clearance. So as we have finished our relationship with Talon, we are getting rid of the last 13 sets of wheels. You can pick these up at 499, usually 599. So we've got 13 sets of different wheels from uh, KTM 65, KTM 85, Gas Gas, some KX 450 wheels, lovely black with uh, blue rims. We have FXR 50% off. Uh, that is the current 2021 gear. We're clearing that out as well. Uh, we have some Yoko uh, shirts from £8 and Yoko gloves from £5. We have 50% off of Muckoff at the moment as we're clearing that out as well as we've made way for ProClean. So, uh, and I think there's three pairs of asterisk uh, cell braces which are priced at 299 instead of 575 So some good bargains. Uh, we do accept Klarna, so you can spread the payments as well. So there you have it. All going on at even strokes. That was a very professional little... Um pitch that's all about knowing your knowing your product in your in your business right are we done <laughs> we are done that was sorry for the mammoth uh podcast everyone. bloody hell i honestly i don't know if i want to come back next week <laughs> tom just put your invoice into uh lewis uh for this week all right afternoon off work for this i did meant to say to tom that he could go after the second break no it's all good Jesus Christ! Yes, He's, Tom's got a bloody scrapyard to bloody keep hold of. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how it's even. I guess we should have seen this coming, seeing as it was the first GP, the first European GP, and a, and a GP we were all at. But well, well I we don't spent know. half the show talking about the top three in MXGP. Yeah, but we had to. I think. Right. Anyway, before we start talking again, yeah. <laughs> let's just <laughs> pronounce this, this one. Up. Let's just pronounce this one dead and move on. <laughs> I just hope Dougie's okay. James, final thoughts. Um, I am uh, interested into what was going on in the kitchen to make Dougie so high rate. So if you could give some updates on social media about that, that'd be great. Uh, actually, completely gutted I'm not in Majora uh, this weekend. It's one of my favorite tracks. And was it the first time since 17, since they had all the commotion from the locals? 16. 16, yeah, damn. It's one of those tracks that if you have not been to then you really need to go to once in your life. I think once it does go, everybody will regret not going there. So um, yeah, absolutely gutted. That's, that's, that's not on. But what I'm looking forward to is actually a whole weekend of pro motocross and MXGB. I mean, and UFC, I think. Is it UFC this weekend? I don't know. I think it is. So um, yeah, good times. What about you, Lewis? Me? Well, there's only one Lewis on Oh, it's just I never, get, I never get to do Final Thoughts. Sorry if I've been a bit distracted. I'm trying to figure out how to get into Italy at the moment. So. Okay. 
stay tuned for updates on whether I make it to Majora. I will be I will be trying to board a plane. I will book a flight and I'll go to an airport. Out of that, it's kind of out of my control. So <laughs> <laughs> after my incidents with trying to find a flight to Italy, I've now flat found a flight from Stansted to Venice, which has been a three and a half hour drive to Majora. Uh, Tom, final thoughts? Yeah, um, big weekend for racing again. Um, it's felt felt like a long time since we've had the last AMA National, to be fair, even though it's been a week off. Um, but yeah, good luck to all the British lads if they're uh, going towards Italy this weekend. Is there an EMX this weekend or not? I think there's one two fives, isn't there? Uh, one two fives yeah. and two strokes. Okay, yeah. So good luck to any British lads and yeah, all about the Watson wagon. Oh, that's, uh, that's, that's, see, that's a good final thought. Right. Are we done? Everyone happy? Yeah, yeah good. born happy. Okay, born happy. <laughs> okay, uh, I just like to remind everyone that part three was presented by Prox Performance Parts. Prox Performance Parts supply genuine replacement products which meet or exceed OEM quality. All parts are manufactured to highest quality standard at state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities around the world. Hence why everything that Prox Racing Parts offer exceeds the highest level requirements for all motocross riders require. Many of the Prox parts are actually made by the same suppliers to the OEMs. Head to pro-x.com now and learn more parts for every bike. So off you go. And once again, we'd just like to thank Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, KYB, Even Strokes, MXGP TV, Backyard Design UK, Asterix Knee Braces, Armour Nutrition, and Blendzel Oils. Those guys are stuck by us. And uh, from the people I hear too, they're seeing the uh, support from the listeners of this podcast. So that's good. That's, that's good to hear. Thanks to you, James Burfield. Thanks to you, Tom Neal. I'm Lewis Phillips. That has been the longest podcast in MXY's history, I would imagine. Episode 74 is in the books. We will be back next week to discuss Majora and a little bit of Redbud. Uh, see you next week. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Escaping everyday life and riding in Spain has never been better, and you can still experience that right now. Planet Moto still have packages available, plus customizable options with the Planet Moto Academy. If you want to hit the tracks like Red Sand as soon as possible, visit planetmoto.co for more information. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with free Liat bulletproof velocity goggles, Liat has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com. For over 60 years, Blenzel Racing Caster has been the secret choice for many championship-winning riders and engine builders. From top tuners like Terry Varner and factory-level riders like Michael Essie, who won the 2020 two-stroke World Championship using Blenzel, nothing out-lubricates or outperforms Blenzel's full line of caster-based two-stroke oil. From the original green label racing caster to the 455 Ultra or the versatile gold label, Blenzel has you covered. To learn more about Blenzel's rich heritage or to shop Blenzel's full line of 2T and 4T racing lubricants, visit Blenzel.com and follow them at Blenzel on Instagram. Instagram. You are listening to the MX Vice Show.